Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins dies in Columbia. Will Smith gives Chris Rock a slap down at the Oscars. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins dies in tragic accident. Comedian Gilbert Gottfried passes away after a long illness. And we discuss the greatest Marvel movie of all time. Debatable. <laughs> Coming up on the board. I am Bushy. With me is Metal Mike, my brother from another mother. How are you, brother? Hey, 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 how you doing, Bushy? How's it going, bud? That's a lot of brothers I put in there. That's weird. (laughs) I'm doing okay, man. How's your week been? We've been trying Uh, to do this episode for three weeks. Yeah, no shit. Number one, um, a bit bit frustrated on that front. It's like, damn, man. Like, uh... But then I've seen the weather, and it's like, at least right now, it's supposed to storm later. But right here where I'm at, the weather, I'm like, well, at least we should be able to get a clear signal and everything. I'm a little nervous because I got an a interview lined up with that guy I was telling you about from from that band. And that's Sunday, and I think it's going to be storming or raining on my end. So hopefully oh. I'll be able to, you know, because my brother's going to come over while I do the interview. And when we get done, he's going to edit it for me, and he's going to add the band's background music. So... When, when I air it, it's going to sound totally professional. Nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It would be uh, like really if cool Bushy dude. did it. Yeah, somewhat <laughs> like that. But what I'm saying is, like, while we're talking, you'll be hearing the band's music in the background. And then when I introduce, you know, like, I'll ask him, hey, man, what songs do you want me to play off this album? Because it's going to be like a segment. It'll be like Metal Mike interview with Becoming. And it'll, it may be a half an hour, however long, I'm going to play it on my show. That's nice. that's the way i want to do it so well, that's badass man you should you should be okay i have faith in you and uh you've got a couple interviews under the belt so i think oh i'm not worried just about fine. that that aspect of it i'm just worried about the technical side of it like am i going to have problems like we've had for the last couple weeks because of shitty weather Ugh. that's what i'm worried about well I'm in, the, much, I'm in the mountains that's different yeah i'm not I'm, it's not so much that i'm worried about like oh I'm, i mean i already know 
how I'm going to open up the interview because he's got this one song called um, Wish. And in the video, he had all these dudes like Zetro from Exodus and and Phil Demmel from Violence. And they all go, you know, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. And I wish – oh, the lady from OTEP, you know, OTEP, I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> That's how it – it's hilarious. So nice. when I open the interview, I'm like, I just got one thing to say to you, Jason. I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm going to open up the interview, man. So I'm That's looking awesome. forward to it, though. He's a really cool dude. Multi-instrumentalist, man. Does everything himself. Sweet. The, prince, the prince of metal. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's what, <laughs> but you know, there's a few people are like that. Like, it's interesting you just said, and, and before with the Foo Fighters, a lot of people seem to forget the very first Foo Fighters album. Dave Grohl did it all himself. Yep. I don't know if anybody knew that or knows that, but that's true. I mean, I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. You know that, you know, all the instruments. I'm like, whoa, you know, crazy. Hey, whoa, whoa, say some pussy for the rest of us. Right. You know. <laughs> Of course, yeah. once he went on tour, he had to get hired guns, which is probably, you know, well, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm at, I'm at my wits end, dude. Uh, I, I, I listen to political podcasts all day long unless one of the guys that I listen to has dropped a new episode. And I'm just... I can't talk about it in the in in the forum that I want to talk about it because this is not the place for it. But I, I'm getting so angry <laughs> with spins and lies lately that I I'm starting a political YouTube channel. It uh, it's going to be called Right Talk with Bushy. I'm going to try to get stuff up weekly if I can hammer down my schedule. <laughs> I will get it. I get some videos up more than that. But if I'm doing it weekly, I'm going to take what I think are the top stories of the week and like cover the top three from my perspective, so I can get some of this stuff out before my head explodes. <laughs> but right bar, on. But barring that, I've been doing pretty well. Right on. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, uh, I I mean, uh, yeah. Good luck with your endeavor. You know? yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, pro- I don't know. Probably get see, banned. I mean. feel like even as us a podcast, you know, we get snake bitten because like we recorded the last episode that you just put up like fucking weeks ago. Weeks ago. And, and then, you know, because of fucking Windows 11 and that bullshit, you know, yeah, you I, had nothing I, but. I lost the episode. Yeah, you know, and, and nothing but technical problems, and it's just like, motherfucker, you know, so we are trying, folks. Yeah, it's yeah, funny, because we, uh, we actually it's... recorded this episode three weeks ago, and yes. we had nothing but problems. Uh, I live in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and I, it is straight up hillbilly shitter net out here. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And uh, when I went back, you know, to listen, I was like, oh, oh, God. Yeah, it was I, bad. I, I can't fix this. So I scrapped it. We were supposed mm-hmm. to get together last week. I had a big-ass storm going on here last week. So my shitternet was not working. And after talking for 40 minutes, and I'm listening to Metal Mike, and I'm just breaking up. He's breaking up. I said, look, dude, let's let's shoot for next week to do the same episode. Right. That's that's why we have old news today. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and it's frustrating because... We were on a roll there for a while, dude. Oh, yeah. We were putting them out, boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, God damn it. You know, it's just frustrating, man. Because I'd like us to be at least 
a little we were being really consistent and now it's all like oh fuck man it just, i mean i know we're gonna get back on track but it's just kind of frustrating that's it, it's absolutely frustrating but here's the faith I it have. is what it is though here's the faith i have i know our listeners are going to come back i mean i just put up uh four weeks ago episode <laughs> i think it was and uh mm-hmm. you shared it and it's, it's gotten pretty good pretty good downloads so far we'll see Okay, cool, cool. I'm I'm glad, you know, because I and was that's like... That's a crappy recording. Let me tell everybody, that's oh. that's totally my fault. Okay, because after losing an episode because of a Windows 11 update, and then losing an episode previously, because this has happened to me before, just because my computer did its weekly update, we decided, okay, when I'm editing and I get sick of editing, I'll just save it. You know, extract it from all, from from the editing software, save it, and I can come back to it. Well, the problem is I raised the voice levels. <laughs> I really I raised the vocals in our recordings when I'm editing to put in the music intros and all that, so that it flows. And I got good feedback when I finally figured out how to do it right. <laughs> you know, and uh, well. <laughs> When you take that file that you extract and save and put it back in there and then raise the volume again, you get a lot of feedback and distortion. So that's my fault. I'm glad you guys are listening. I hope you're listening, you know, for more than a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, a minute gives me credit for the download. You know, we get credit, Mike. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, here's the 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 interesting thing, because I even went back to think, think, well, it, it, is it just me or has it always been like this, you know? So I listened to some past episodes last night. I'm like, no, it's not there. Because I have noticed that it seems like, even in past episodes, like I have my soundboard and I have it set up for Sam. And and it the, the settings, it's like the volume of my voice seems to sometimes be louder on Skype. It depends There's on time. how far back you went, because uh, I've been using that level later, which keeps us at the same. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It, and I've had that downloaded for like eight or ten months. Uh, Chris Sinzak had posted it one day. Um, I don't know if it was on his personal page. I don't know if it was Decibel Geek page. But he posted it and said, hey, podcasters, this helps. Trust me. And it's funny because I'd already had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I kind of took it as, ooh, did he listen to our episode? Because I know every once in a while he listens to us. Oh, I know he does, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I remember one time he literally messaged me. I think it was shortly after. It was, I think it was one of the episodes we did when we were covering Rock and Pod. And I just, you know, I, I bragged on Chris. because. But look, man, I, I'm a guy who gives credit where credit's due. It's Absolutely. not ass and It's just fucking the actual fucking truth, you know. And, and I said a lot of cool things about him, but it was all true, you know. And sure. he just said, man, real, I really appreciate the, you know. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's the truth, though, you know. It's like, I'll I'm tell not you just, what. Here, here's a way that I know he listens, uh, and maybe it's just the Rock and Pod episodes that he listens to. I don't know. Fuck you, Chris. If you hear this, I tell you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I do get the feeling he does listen to us as often as he can, though, because he's but, made references to other episodes. Well, do you remember when I did the Friday Night Live, or just, no, it wasn't the Friday Night Live. It was the, uh, it, it was the uh, fundraiser, the Rock and Ron fundraiser. 
Yeah, yeah. And he was mentioning, you know, listening to our episodes, and you were talking, you know, bragging up rock and roll through thick and thin. He's like, I could tell you guys were getting into the drink, and I was, I was laughing, thinking, no, that's Mike. Um, I was probably getting into the drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, he did mention that. Yeah. So well, shout out to the Decibel while, Geek. I, every once in a while, I'll crack open some beers uh, right. on a show. You know, it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in, you know. Uh, well, see, the we thing record is, them early enough on a weeknight where I can have a few, so go to bed and get up and go to work in the morning. Right. And and the, the thing for me also, though, is like, because I work nights, I slept all day. So I haven't had anything to eat, and I don't really like to ain't, drink alcohol on an empty stomach, because then it always kind of fucks I get drunk quicker and it just fucks with me. And it's like, you know what I mean? I'd rather eat and then have a, a pound a few back, but that's just me. Right. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, but, you know. Um, I know yeah. the point of all this was the episode you just heard. <laughs> that's my fault. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely <laughs> some, because at first I thought, well, fuck, is it just me? or oh, That's my and, fault. Yeah, so, and then I was telling Bush, well, I think I'm going to, and he's like, dude, don't fuck with your soundboard. It's not yeah. you, it's me. Yeah, uh, I knew, it's, because I hadn't listened to it yet. Mm-hmm. And, but as soon as you said what you said, uh, when you messaged me, I'm at work, I'm like, fuck, no, no, don't touch shit. <laughs> right. I knew exactly yeah. what it was. So, yes, I apologize for last week's episode, even though it was a banger. Make sure you check out uh, Degeneration, because they're fucking amazing. see how metal mike does because we do have another uncovered gem coming up in a few weeks and i mean literally yes, from tonight a few weeks <laughs> well it's been kind of pushed back folks I mean, yeah if you listen to that episode oh, but you know hey shit happens yeah guys. life gets so, in the way of living yeah but yeah i'm really looking forward to that. i'm really looking forward to your thoughts on that because because this band is kind of related to another band that you love. So I'm thinking you're going to like them, even though they, they're they similar to the the, uh, the band you love, but they are different at the same time. They kind of got this like New York hardcore style to it, too. It's really oh, fucking shit. cool. No, I think you're going to dig it. I'm going really... to have to do some research. I like some New York hardcore. Um, I, I mean, dude, they're badass, man. I Sweet. think you're, the riffs and, 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 and it tells a compelling story, too. So you got to, you got to, you know, if you can try to read the lyrics as you're listening to the album. And also because there's there's certain tracks that I don't want to give anything away, but there's certain tracks that are dialogue. There is no music and it and 
Oh, It'll tell you. Boy. But it's not long. It's not long. It's it, it it's not like fucking ten minutes of dialogue or some Metal stupid. Metal Mike, it's okay. I used to listen to Jello Biafra spoken word albums. Oh, okay. Well there's there you <laughs> yeah. go. But it's really it's really cool, dude, the way they do it. And I, I again I don't want to give anything away because I do want you to have the whole listening experience, but when you listen to it, you're gonna go, Whoa. It's I mean even the voices in it are it's it's totally New York. So you're going to love it. You're going to fucking love nice. it. Nice. Or I'm sorry, like they say up north, noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to you're going to you're going to dig it, man. I, I re- I'll be shocked if you don't like the album. I think you will like it, you know. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it uh, as well. Let's get into some old news. All right, man. Let's get yeah, into some old news. Like I said, we're playing catch up, folks. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins, drummer for the Foo Fighters, died while on tour in Bogota. Columbia had a plethora of drugs in his system. And I think we could safely say that at this point. When we went to record, we probably couldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. But still, man, what a what a drag. Um, I, I will tell you, I'm a casual Foo Fighters fan. Same here. I, I own one album of theirs, and it's called uh, Best Of or Greatest Hits. <laughs> you know, and Foo um, Fighters are a funny band because I would I, I always said I hate the Foo Fighters because I hate Nirvana so I have to hate Dave Grohl even though I really like Dave Grohl but I gotta hate him and so I hate his band because I hate Nirvana okay that's my logic coming into the Foo Fighters and inevitably I would you know be listening to 94 Rock WOTT out of Watertown New York. And, dude, I'm jamming the fuck out of this song. And, uh, oh, who the fuck is it? That was the Foos. It's like, fuck. (laughs) So the fact of the matter is, I do like the Foo Fighters. Casually. I'm not ultra familiar with the discography. Um, Right. I mean, what's your experience with the band? Pretty much the same. Um, I was not really the world's biggest Nirvana fan. I felt they were totally overrated. Still feel that way to this day. They have a few cool songs. Like, ironically, the song they use for the new Batman film is one of the few Nirvana songs I actually like. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, well, you, I'm not giving anything away because it's in the fucking trailer, dude. You know that song's in the trailer. I know you've seen the Batman trailer, so which, which I'm not one? spoiling anything. I haven't seen the latest one. Well, it's in the one that we talked about where he beats the fuck out of the dude and says, I'm vengeance, you know. And you even said, oh, I like that song. I'm like, I know it's a cool song. Believe it or not, that's a Nirvana song. I so I got to cut do, down on my alcohol intake. Fuck. They, they, they <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they have some cool songs, you know. I mean, but I've Good never. Out of, out of the, I, well, I'm talking about Nirvana, but out of the big four of what I call grunge. Oh, then I take it back. Fuck Nirvana. They're my, they're my least favorite like i i've just never i mean i don't know i i've never understood why everybody oh you're gone and treated them like they were the greatest thing since sliced bread i never got it never as as i've gotten older i've loosened up there's some songs i like exactly polly can still suck my dick and eat her cracker i hate that song um (laughs) but i do like territorial pissings i think hold did the same song uh, but I do like the Nirvana version that's on that Teen Spirit album. I do like the Teen Spirit song. I used to hate it. 
when I saw Nirvana get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, you know, Dave Grohl beating on the fucking drums back there, and he's having so much fucking fun. I mean, the guy's a performer. It seems like he likes to, you know, play. And, oh, yeah, Chris Novacellic, he looks like he hasn't worked since, you know, Cobain brew his brains all over the fucking wall. And Joan Jett singing the song. I mean, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. You know, so that song, you know, and then, like, uh, oh, what's the other one? Heart-Shaped Box. It's all right. You know, you know I dig that song. But it's, like, it's very sporadic. But yeah. still, the greatest thing Kurt Cobain ever wrote was uh, I Hate Myself and Want to Die for the Beavis Jesus and Butthead Bushy. movie. And, uh, well, at least wow. he had the fucking decency to follow through. That's a little harsh, buddy. But, dude. Been saying, harsh. It, been saying it since then. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm just saying it's a little, it's a little harsh, buddy. Uh, Metal Mike's like, thoughts you know, just, don't reflect Bushies nor Bushies. Well, I'm just mics. saying, just because I don't like, you know, like if Glenn Danzig was to die, I'm not going to rejoice in his death, even though I can't fucking stand him. Oh, I'm not rejoicing. I, I'm just like, oh, it's over. Okay, well, you know that maybe maybe in that way it would aspect it would be a good thing. But anyway, I never mind. Worse. Look at it this way. Uh, no more Kurt Cobain. No more <laughs> Chris Cornell. No more whoever the fucking guy is from Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> no wow. more Lane Well, Stanley. see, I think if we crazy. can get rid I of think, if think... we can get rid of Eddie Vedder. Oh, grunge hey, dead hey. finally. Um, number one. Uh, I, again, I I like Soundgarden. I mean, being a Sabbath freak and a Zeppelin freak, I, I especially the early shit. I think their first two or three albums are really good. After that, they kind of ta- they watered down their sound. They wasn't as heavy, but I like some of them thick, heavy riffs because you know, hey, I, I like. Look, heavy I'm not shit. gonna lie, I don't mind Soundgarden, and yes, I I really love Black Hole Sun too, even though that one was later. Yes, but they probably got to do one of the greatest songs ever with definitely one of the greatest videos ever. But going back and listening to, you know, Rusty Cage and shit like that, I'm like, oh, well, you were just being a dick because he had a flannel shirt on with shorts. Right. It, it was one of the things where, to me, it was like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I got to be honest with you. I was listening to Soundgarden the same time. I, I remember going to a Pantera show, and they've got Soundgarden jamming over the PA. So it wasn't, there wasn't like this, Ooh, well, there's clear cut line between this and this, you know. It was like at that time, especially early nineties. I mean, even Edwin Castricci mentioned it in Rock All Over the podcast that in that time period Catastracci, I'm sorry. Sorry, Edwin. Catastracci. Catastracci. Yeah, I gotta think about it like Godfather terms. Catastracci. Edwin Catastracci. All right. So anyway. Now you're waking up with a horse head in your bed. How do you feel? Right, 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 right. Hey, uh, what the hell is this? It's an old Sicilian message. It means Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. I fucking love that. Oh, anyway. Don't get me going. We're not talking about that movie today. Mr. Mr. Catastracci um, said himself that, you know, and I do agree with that. Like in the early 90s, it was like you had certain bands. That, it was like anything went. There's no
there wasn't this, well, you have to listen to this and hate this. It was like, I don't know when that exactly started, but then it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, well, you can't like Soundgarden and like, say, um, oh, I don't know, uh, Skid Row or whatever. I'm just throwing that out there and I'm going, what? You know, like, I never understood that. Like, I was like, I mean... When I was listening to Pantera, I was also listening to Jane's Addiction. You see what I'm trying to say, dude? Like I, I, I definitely do, and I, I did. It is weird I didn't get it. I, I didn't dig get Jane's it. Addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that first wave of quote unquote grunge come out, an alternative because you had that going on too, and some of that I like. Not all of it though, oh, but some he, of it. Hear yes. me out, and I'm talking specifically right. about the Big Five. Which is STP, Nirvana, fucking Pearl Jam, uh, Alice in Chains, and uh, Soundgarden. If you look at those early videos, other than Kurt Cobain who wore jeans, every one of them sons of bitches has cargo shorts on with a flannel shirt. And if it's not flannel colored, it's the same material, i.e. Lane Staley, Man in the Box. I hated the image because <laughs> i'm like you could look dirty rock and roll and still be you know guns and roses what is this shit rock and see roll i never cared to have about a that. look for me i and, could uh, give a fuck less about the i room. know that but look think about it thrash metal guys tight blue jeans muscle shirts because <laughs> why they always wore muscle shirts and none none of the motherfuckers had muscles but muscle um, shirts and high top sneakers yeah, mostly T-shirts and blue jeans. A lot of blue jeans with holes in them, I may add. But still, uh, that was the thrash they, metal look. The that, glam yeah. metal look was, you know, the big hair and the... Looking like girls? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine, call it what you want, uh, let, You know, let, let's look girly. Yeah, well, the oh, Beatles okay. started that with their fucking it. long hair. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's not the same thing. You can have long hair and not look like a bitch, dude. Oh, well, the glam thing. I mean, come on. The New York Dolls and David Bowie started that shit. That's true. That's but the, true. But the point but is, still, I, I they still look that like dudes look. and drags. Poison looked like bitches. On that front cover, man, a bunch of me and my friends thought those were chicks. Well, so did I. So did I. Good Because they were the glamiest of the glam. The, the point I'm yeah. trying to oh, make is I Go hated ahead. the look. These guys look like they rolled out of fucking bed in the morning. Say, hey, let's get on stage while we're shooting heroin. I'm like, at least Nikki Six looks cool. Really? <laughs> yeah, he looks cool. I like this look. Okay. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Nikki Six or fucking Kurt Cobain or the Big Five. Man, Taylor Hawkins, I'm a great drummer. Real good vocalist, too. Mm-hmm. Really Talented guy. Too. And Played with Alanis Morissette for a while. A yeah. lot of people forget that. He was with Alana. Yeah, he had he a couple of his own fighters. projects going, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's sad. He's, what, 50 years old? And 50 gotta, years old, man. And it's got to be devastating. You're in the middle of a tour. Oof. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like Cliff Burton all over again. Cliff was worse, in my opinion, though, because but he was had, so much younger. Yeah, and Taylor, you have an affinity Taylor, for that band. And, but but Taylor was able to make his mark, dude. He this did how true. many albums with the This Bucks. is true. He he was with Alanis Morissette. He got he was he made more of them. I mean, Cliff was kind of like Randy, dude. Gone way too soon. Yep. You, you see what I'm trying to say? So to uh, me, yes, yes, candle I mean, in the wind. I get you. Where where I feel like Taylor's more of like um. 
Well, like a dime bag or Vinny, where they're gone, but at least they left a body of work that people yeah, listen to. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, even though yeah. you may not like Kurt Cobain, at least Nirvana fans have how many albums they can listen to. It wasn't like Nirvana put out one or two records and boom, he was gone kind right. of thing. You know right. what I mean? I feel uh, you. Right. That, that's what I'm trying to say. You know. So. But still, definitely... Uh... As a casual fan, it's upsetting because, man, yes. the Foos are a real good band. They uh, are a good band. I'm not uber familiar with, like I said, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you a single deep cut. I have one album, it's their greatest hits, and it's everything I heard on the radio. And I love all that shit. Well, they are <laughs> you know? a good band. And, and the thing is, is like, for me, um, I was total casual. Like I don't own a physical copy of any Foo Fighters album. I have everything digitally, or just about everything yeah, digitally. Yeah, I've only I, got the greatest hits digitally. And and I will play some of their songs, and have played Foo Fighters on my show occasionally. I I mean, really? I'm one of those. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, you know. That, I mean, that impresses you know. me. Dude, my show's all over the place, man. Well, I know I it all, is, but like, if you play crazy, crazy nights, it's because some drunk asshole gets you your chat room and requests it. <laughs> true but 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 i'm also i also do a show where you you're going to hear something like entombed or even a, a really heavy band like goat whore or cataclysm and then i'm going to turn right around and throw in some foo fighters or ace fraley or nice. maybe even fleetwood mac or the eagles or you yeah. just don't know i mean i, I aren't my, you guys my show glad is... i started playing such goofy shit because all of a sudden it's like ooh. <laughs> You know, well, it doesn't I, I, have to be metal. You know, to be honest with you, though, there are times where, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, where where once Scott stepped away, the the founder of that metal station, folks, for anybody out there who don't know who I'm talking about, there aren't been times that I kind of almost wish me and John would have just started all over and named and, and changed the name of the station to where we could have. Literally, like anything could have went. Like you could play rap, you could play funk, and I mean, you know, because we have that that metal station, and yes, we do play a lot of metal. We do. Oh, that we station plays crazy. mostly metal. You just have one retard on that station. It's like you know what? But that's not true, dude. Maybe you need to hear some NWA. Mark Mark Alden Taylor even you know uh, has stated like Brian Davis plays rock. Uh, he even plays blues like he'll play blocks of nothing but old school blues we and we've done that on the metal mic yeah show. i like we've his done, show a lot we, I, we've I done just never stay up late enough for it right we've done you know i i've had uh dj samuel uh samuel wetz from rock uh, sam's rock and metal Aussie. he plays all kinds of stuff and it's not all metal some of it's just rock see i, I mean, still haven't been able to check out his show either he'll even play fucking like um, George Clinton and, and all that, and that's not metal. No, so not my point that I'm trying to make is that there's times I thought, man, I wish almost I could have changed the name of the to the station. I don't know, like that music station or something. That way we could play, we could still use the TMS part, you know what I mean? But it would be open the doors completely for anything because that way. We wouldn't be, because I'm sure I've had people even criticize my station by like, well, you've got people playing stuff that's not metal. All. Yes, that's true, but that's the exception. It's not the norm. The norm is mostly everything we play is hard rock and heavy metal. That is true. Yes. Uh, but. Just uh, 
Sometimes you have assholes on that think you need to hurt here, girl. You know it's true. Right. Um, you know. <laughs> if you don't like that, do not tune into my show. <laughs> yeah, but this is also the same guy who will throw in Testament like right after. So it's yes, like, it's all over the place. Bro. You'll hear Tiffany, then you'll hear Motley Crue, then you'll hear Slayer. Or anthrax or and whatever. Then you'll hear Christopher Cross. You don't know what the fuck you're going to hear on my show. <laughs> but I think even in your show, I've listened to your show more than once, and most of it's pretty much rock and metal. You'll you'll throw a curveball in there just to fuck with people. Well, you have like, to understand that. You know, uh, but it's not like you're doing a whole show with nothing but that and no metal at all. Oh God, you're you sprinkle the, you sprinkle the. Um, I'm going to have to do that one day. Oh, Make a God. show of nothing but like pop country and rap hits and then in the middle of it because <laughs> i normally do six song blocks <laughs> so like two songs would be metal good lord <laughs> you're gonna destroy any credibility we have left <laughs> oh no they know it's me they're like oh this fucking guy yeah recipes taylor hawkins uh yes will sir S- will smith now, his punishment has been handed down, and we had a great talk about this last time. Uh, what was his punishment? I know, like, is he, what, he's not been part sus- of Well, he resigned from the Academy. Mm-hmm. But he can't even come to the Oscars for 10 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 10 years. He can still be nominated. He can still win, but his ass can't be in the building. Mm. Got mad because his old lady got mad. You know, Chris Rock made the joke. G.I. <laughs> Jane 2 can't wait to see it. Which I right. think is a compliment. <laughs> but um, what do I know? Will Smith laughs, looks over at Jada. Jada's not laughing. He goes, oh, I had to shave my head down. Even though I have hair there, I can obviously see. And Will goes up and slaps the shit out of Chris Rock. Now, for a couple of days, it was funny because people were saying, oh, it was staged and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't staged. I could tell. No, hell no. That shit was real. Uh, Will Smith apologized to the Academy and his colleagues never to Chris Rock until the next day. He did a Instagram apology, which I think is kind of a bitch move. He didn't even do a video. Um, and then resigned from the Academy the next day over it. I said last time, I'm going to say it here because y'all didn't hear last time. I did not think... Will should lose his Oscar because, well, <laughs> they don't take Oscars away from pedophiles and murderers. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Come on, give me a fucking break here. I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean. Yeah, it was a slap. I mean, it was a bullshit slap. And, and, and look. My fear was more the uh, comics. Are people yeah. going to think, well, look, Will Smith slapped the comic because, you know, he didn't like what he said. And it's like, well, so so you now see, you can't do a stand-up show because someone's going to come up and slap you? I, did you see what Chris Rock's brother, who's also a stand-up comedian, did? Yes. hilarious. I didn't even know Chris Rock had brothers. Yes. And he said, you know, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. I wish a motherfucker would come up here and try right. to smack me. Because, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. Well, yeah, well, because you have Chris Rock money. He has, I'm trying to be a comedian money, and I I have nothing to lose. I will beat your fucking ass. Yeah, Chris Rock has everything to lose. Well, I I will say the winner in all this. Let's be honest, though, man. I mean, 
I love Chris, but if he was to hit Will, I mean, Will beat his ass. You know, let's just be real. Yeah, well, Will's a bigger dude. and Bigger dude. He's in shape. You know, not to say that Chris don't take care of himself, but Chris is a little guy, man. It's yeah, like, he's a small guy, and he's he's five years older than uh, Will. Right. It was and just even, like. People think like uh, people think Chris rocks uh, like New York, like New York, like Brooklyn, or the Bronx. Like, no, he's from fucking Long Island, man. <laughs> right. He, he didn't have to grow up fighting every day. It's not like he was growing up in like in the city. He was on the island. Right. But I he's mean, definitely the winner in all this because he handled it with grace. Uh, you could tell it was he was very nervous. You know, well, I think he was just shocked, Bushy. I mean, I know I was. Shocked might like, be a oh. better word. Yeah, I was. But just he's trying like, to explain it was just a joke. He's like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Fucking and, and I'm going, wow. Yeah. And, what, and, and what Rock's like, I'm going to. Okay. It's like, and, and, that's very uncomfortable. And then I found, because I knew there was some weird shit going on between Will and his old lady, you know, but now I found out even more stuff. And like. There's a video circulating now where, you know, she, and she's, I guess she does Instagram and she had Will on, wanting Will to talk about their arrangement. And Will was like, I don't really feel comfortable talking about this. Yeah, I don't want to be on video. Turn the video off. Yeah. Turn the fucking video off, you know, and I didn't blame him. And I, I think deep down, that's what's eating him up inside. But it's like, Will, if you're listening, and I highly doubt you are, quit being a cuckold, dude. You're yeah. being a fucking cuck, dude. Stop already. All right, man. This woman don't give a fuck about you. It's clearly obvious that she does not love you. I don't know if she ever did. I think she only married him to be Mrs. Will Smith because he's had, he's a star and he has status and fame and money. And that's it, man. Yeah, because what did she do before that? Low down, dirty shame? She, Dude, she was like, she was, she used to bang Tupac. And there's like this letter from his son saying, I wish Tupac was alive so mommy would be happy. I mean, what, what, what kind of fucked up shit is that? That's fucked, man. That's yeah, it's fucked. all crazy. Because like three That's weeks fucked, ago, we tried to do this episode. Uh, when this news broke, dude, I was, I was, I was kind of on Will's side. I was definitely on Rock's side. Because Rock handled it better. I think Rock's the winner in all this. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's like Will made himself look like such an ass. And as things keep popping up, these old videos have popped up and such. It's like, dude, you got to, you just need to step away for a minute and leave that bitch. Your kids are grown. It's okay. They'll be be all right. It's a powder keg, bro. It's a powder keg situation. It's a powder keg it's like, I'm afraid he's going to hurt somebody or hurt himself. Or and maybe a, both. And, and, you dude, know? and I'm a big Will Smith fan. Well, I am too, man. I yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, Jazzy I, Jeff and the Fresh Prince have been played on that metalstation.com. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I like Will. You know, I mean, he's made a lot of good movies. He's a fine actor. And I just think that he's. Um, that's yeah. a lot. That's a I mean, lot I'm just sitting with. there going, Will, you, Will, you're. You're, you're putting yourself out there for, and I trust me, I know, because I was kind of in a, I mean, honestly, that shit that she did to him and some of the, it reminds me of some of the shit that my ex that I've talked about before did to me. Yeah. Now, the difference is, though, is I didn't, I mean, I was never a cuck, don't, don't get me wrong, but it was more of um just 
um, a lot of emotional turmoil, a lot of fighting. Like, dude, when you're with somebody and you're fighting so much, you get to the point where you're just numb to it. You're just numb. You don't even care anymore, really. Yeah. You're just fucking, you're, you're literally just existing, okay? You're like a zombie. You're, I, I you know, I don't. That doesn't I mean, excuse walking up on stage and slapping the hell no, out of all not, guy presenting an award. I would, I, I would not have. No, of course not. No, no, I'm not making excuses for Will at all. What I'm saying is he's doing it differently than me, though, because I think some of the shit that she's doing to him is even worse than what my ex did. My ex was pretty bad, man, but it was, it was well, different. I don't know if it's she's really. A, she's all, you know, we have an open relationship. Remember, she told him that he, uh, she had fucked around on him on their little YouTube channel, you know, Around the Red Table, whatever that show is called. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just a scumbag thing to do. Um, so he should be punished. I, I still stand by. He should not lose his oh, Oscar. Oh, sure. Um, no, I don't think he will. Are they going to take his Oscar away from him for no, real? No, I, I mean, that would be fucking stupid. Yeah, banned for 10 years. That's his punishment. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this, though. Chris Rock, I mean, he, dude, ever the comedian and ever the... I'm better than you. Said he's not even going to talk about it unless somebody pays him. Right. <laughs> so right. good on Chris Rock, man. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy you all know. Sad news for Steelers fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, now, I don't know the whole story. I just saw the headline. You know, Dwayne Haskins was killed on the highway or on a road, hit by a car. Dump truck's what I heard. Yeah, well, dump truck is what came out later. I'm just going by what I, oh, okay. know, what right, I heard originally. Right. 24 years old, that sucks. Now, I don't know who this is. You're going to have to take over this segment. Okay. Because, uh, Dwayne was a guy who actually got um, drafted by a, a rival team of yours. First round pick as a quarterback uh, by the Washington, I guess now, Commanders. Ugh. And um, Yeah, terrible name. I mean, why they didn't just call themselves the Red Wolves or something cool like that, I'll never know. But that's a whole other story. Um, you know, um, so basically, uh, he and he didn't work out that well. Part of it, he was young, kind of immature. Um, 
And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So Washington let him go, and the Steelers just grabbed him because they kind of needed another backup quarterback. And I think they thought, well, the kid was drafted in the first round. Obviously, he's got some talent. It's just raw. Maybe we can bring him into camp. And you know, and he was setting behind not just Big Ben last year, but Mason Rudolph as well. And Ben even said, he goes, man, I'll say this for the kid. He needs to learn more control, but man, does he throw a beautiful spiral. Like, it's just beautiful, man. And everybody said he, he was very friendly. Just a all around good kid, newlywed, I may add, which oh, is even shit. more tragic. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't know and that. He, the reason why he was in Florida is because you know uh, the Steelers again acquired another first uh, former first round draft pick, Mitchell Trubinsky. And uh, as an aside to that, I've heard some people even criticize that, but I'm like, look, Pittsburgh had to do something because the offense they're wanting to run is an RPO offense, run pass offense. They they're not wanting, you know, they need a quarterback who's mobile. I think Trubinsky is going to do, I think Trubinsky is going to be better than a lot of people think. Cause for one, the Steelers have made some additions in free agency on the O line. They're probably going to address O line in the draft. I would imagine. And I, and I, I think, now, do I think he's going to be our future franchise quarterback? I don't know. But I do think there's – to me, it's like they didn't spend a lot of money to get him. He he set behind uh, Josh Allen and Buffalo, okay, for a year. Go Buffalo! Uh, right. Um, and Buffalo and, – and Josh Allen even said he thinks he's going to tear it up with the Steelers. Like, this guy's a fucking athlete, man. Right. Chicago was trying to force a, a – a, a, what was that – a, a round peg into a square or a, a square peg into a round hole or whatever. It just Matt Nagy just, yeah, he, it, it just didn't fit. And also they didn't really have an old line. They didn't really have any weapons in Chicago. It's like sometimes these quarterbacks get into these leagues. Oh, they're a bust. Well, were they a bust or did the team fucking not build a team around them? And you, you know what I mean? I mean, Oh, I do. Yeah, you know, it's like so. I'm not saying Trubinsky's uh, gonna. Be I don't even know what's star. happening with my team next year. All the all the guys we got rid of. I'm like, uh, the fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that the Steelers are. I mean, but I do think they're going to be better because I mean, I, I love Ben, but let's be honest, it, it, he probably stayed a little longer than he should have. You know, I mean, he didn't play very well last year. The you know the the, the tank was empty. I mean, you know. Um, does that does that take away any of the awesome things he did for that? Of course not. You're you're talking about a future Hall of Famer. Let's just be real about it, you right. know. But but I think with Trubinsky, um, there's definitely to me it's it's a it was a smart move by Pittsburgh because they got him on the cheap. And if nothing else, he can be a bridge over till they find their next guy. Or and also for Trubinsky, it's a smart move because he got he got he he went into a in one one in my opinion maybe I'm a little because I'm a Steeler fan, but one of the most stable organizations in all of fucking professional sports. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, the Steelers, these people know what they're doing. They know how to run a franchise. They know, you know, you're talking about a team who, if they don't win the Super Bowl, they're almost always in the conversation, almost always in the playoffs. You're talking about, you know, three coaches in the last 51, 52 years. Now, I'm sorry, but you got to tip your cap to that. I don't give a fuck if you hate sure. the Steelers or not. You know, you have to fucking tip your cap to that. That is unheard of. And I absolutely Steelers, do, even though you understand my extreme hatred for Pittsburgh. Okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, you know, I don't like the Cowboys because they're See? a bunch of glamour boys. There you so go. There you, go. <laughs> you know, um, 
But, I mean, not even your, you know, I mean, come on, man. Three fucking coaches. And you want to know why? Because we don't have a pussy owner who panics and freaks out and fucking, oh, and, you know, when something doesn't go right for one season or two, they don't panic. They don't make knee-jerk reactions. I Another agree. Team, Dak should have sat for another year underneath Tony Romo. I am with you, man. Um, And then also you have, uh, <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. Fuck you, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, and Jerry Jones has been guilty of this, but so's, uh, oh, here's one of the worst. Well, that's what I mean. Your rival. It pisses me off. Well, yeah, he, he knee-jerk reactions, but Daniel Snyder from the fucking former Redskins, now the fucking Commanders, which is a terrible name. I don't know what the Horrible. fuck is that. I, I'm going to keep calling them the football team. But, my Lord, I mean, you want to talk about a boss who has knee-jerk reactions, like, you know, and that's why they, they're not going to ever fucking win anything as long as he's their owner. And I Jerry Jones, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this. And this is probably going to piss you off, Bush, but I love you. So I don't even know if he's ever going to win one. He gets a good coach. Now, okay, for one thing, I don't blame him for getting rid of Coach Landry back in the day. Let's be honest. Landry was – the game had passed him by. It was yeah, obvious, he was he, way too old school. Right, and the, and and the game had evolved and passed him by. I don't blame Jerry for doing what he did. I think he could have maybe handled it a bit better. But like he said, hey, I was young, I was new at this. You know, yeah. could I handle it better? Yeah, fuck but, that, because he got rid of fucking. Uh... What? Hear me out. Hear me out. You know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna school you on your your fucking team here. I know so because all really you haters help. be suck a cowboy's dick. Pay attention to everything. No, 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 I don't. I, I, I follow football history, dude. Okay. I follow the game, not just one team. I follow. You should have kept and, Jimmy and Johnson. And you got a good coach. You fucking right. He should have kept Jimmy. Jerry got the big head and thought he was the reason the Cowboys were successful. And yeah, yeah while you may have fucking won a Super Bowl with Barry fucking Switzer, that was the team Jimmy Johnson. That was Johnson Jimmy Johnson's Bill. team. It was Jimmy Johnson's team, and you were a fucking Neil O'Donnell fucking interception. That's why you won that fucking Super Bowl. Okay, Three. let's be fucking real about it. Three. You know, you won, you won that fucking third Super Bowl because Neil O'Donnell's fucking dumbass. Three. You know, yeah, interceptions. Three interceptions. Yeah, three fucking <laughs> turnovers. Like, who the fuck's going to win the same guy, Brown. Woo! I know. Like, what the fuck? Makes that's me like, wonder if that's he like people fucking, out there yeah, looking for Larry Brown. It's like everyone out there Larry looking for Brown. Diggs, man, for the Cowboys. And I was like, "Where's Diggs? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to throw against him. Don't do it, <laughs> dude." Third, yeah, Larry Brown, who didn't do a fucking thing before or after. Never heard of him. Yeah, he went. He went. He went to Oakland and just fucking went back to obscurity. <laughs> yeah. Neil O'Donnell threw three picks to that. Fuck yes. Neil O'Donnell. I swear to God, I think he, some of those looked like it was on purpose. There ain't a Steeler anywhere around. I'm like, <laughs> would he forget what team he was playing for? Because the thing was, is you had, you had, you know, you were leading, and then we started catching up, and, and the momentum of the game was going our way. If O'Donnell don't throw those picks, I'm not so sure you fuckers win that Super Bowl. But there you go. The point of the fact is you have to have it. It helps. I'm not saying it's absolutely crucial, but almost crucial. You have to have a franchise quarterback if you're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck how good your defense is. I don't give a fuck how I good agree. your game is. You have to have that guy because if you don't, 
Larry uh, Larry Brown. That's what's going to happen to you, man. Yeah. You're going to get browned. Okay, you're going to get browned. I, I would love to see know. Tony Romo with the offensive with the offensive defense we had last year. I I, I really would. Sorry. Well, yeah, I think. Hey, you know, I what? know he's Again, too old now. I, I'm a student of the game, but guess you know, even though I'm not a Cowboy fan, I give Tony Romo his due. He was a great quarterback. The, the problem with Romo, he just. You know, but to me, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He has the numbers oh just because God. he didn't win a I was about to ask you that because that guy did some things that no quarterback should have well, ever done. Well, not just that, bro, but he didn't he even break a lot of Stallbox records? And Stallbox like fucking Captain America. You he can. held every record for the Cowboys except that broke a couple since he's been there. Just like Big Ben. Big Ben yeah. broke all Bradshaw's records. Okay? Yes. And, Bradshaw. and Fuck that guy. Football. God, he was good. Who Bradshaw? Yeah. Yes. Bradshaw. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. The blonde yeah. ball. But anyway, um, you know, beat beat your beloved Stallback. Well, not once, but twice. Anyway, um, not that I'm gonna rub that in. But well, we got you once. Yeah, okay. Three Brown. <laughs> you know what? That's cool though. You know, even a blind squirrel stumbles upon an acorn every once oh, in a while. Oh, stop! But Roger the Dodger was good, and you know those were good games. Every time they faced off, they in were the 70s, great. Games. They were great they, games. Hey, that's why I respect the Cowboys is because anytime Pittsburgh and Dallas face each other, it's always a tough battle. Always. It's always fucking rock 'em, sock 'em football at its finest. Yep. And that's, that's why, why I'll always have respect for the Steelers. And that's why this news, why, you know, while I don't know this cat, man, that's sad. Hit by a dump truck. How the but, fuck did right. that even come about? Well, here's the thing. Normally, he wouldn't even have been in Florida. Mitch Trebinsky lives in Florida, and he invited a bunch of Steeler players down to kind of get together, get to know each other, do some working out and some practicing. And he invited the other quarterbacks, including Mason Rudolph. Apparently, Mason declined, um, I guess, maybe because he's going to be kind of competing against this guy. And I don't know what, what his reasons were. I'm not going to – not in his head, so I'm not going to speculate. But Dwayne came down. Um, Najee Harris came down. A bunch of them came down. And, and from what I understand, they had an absolute blast. Dwayne was on his way home when this happened. Now, I don't know if he was – if he rented a car and was headed to the airport or if he was dry. I don't really know the circumstances, but apparently from what I understand, his car broke down. He was on the side of the road. And I don't know if old boy driving dump truck, what paints, I don't for sure know what happened, but he got hit by a dump truck apparently and died. Uh, 24 years old, a newlywed. And from what I understand, the Steelers are just heartbroken, man. And Trebinsky is just, beside himself because i guess he kind of almost feels like well fuck i invited him down here and maybe if i hadn't but i mean you, you can't think like that you know because it could easily happened in pittsburgh i mean it can happen it's anywhere just, it's just one of the things you know yeah it's, it's just it's just a shitty shitty thing life is fucking cold and hard and cruel sometimes and there is no rhyme or reason you know and i don't want to bash on religion but it's like you know, when people, oh, you know, it's God's will or whatever. And it's, it's just funny. Like when something good happens, it's his blessing and his will. When something shitty happens, well, he works in mysterious ways. And yeah. I'm going, oh, it's kind of uh, convenient, you know. Right. So, uh, and again, I'm not bashing on anybody's beliefs because I had a conversation with my sister-in-law. She's not really a, a, a Bible thumper, but she does believe. And she's like almost like, well, you know. 
things are really bad. And, you know, she's kind of convinced the end times are coming. And I'm like, Natalie, they've been predicting the end of the world. People have been feeling like the end times have been coming what, three, since the beginning of time. Yeah. yeah for, forever. Forever. Even before Christianity. I mean, every ancient myth and religion has their version of the end of the world. But sure. uh, Ragnarok, anyone? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Nor, you know, Norse mythology. Lions. They all, yeah, they all, they all have it, and I, and that's why I finally just had to tell her. I'm not really a full blown atheist as more as I'm an agnostic. I used to be when I was a kid. I totally believed, and then I woke up and it was kind of like Santa Claus. I'm like, okay, I don't know about all this, and then I became a devout, almost like hardcore atheist, and then I've kind of evolved more into an agnostic because I feel like there may be an underlining truth to all of it. I mean, my philosophy is almost like the Ozzy Osbourne song, and that is, I don't know. I don't know. So I think it's arrogant for people, whether you're a scientist, a theologian, or just fucking Joe Blow, to try to tell people, well, this is the way it is. Nobody knows for fucking sure. None of us do. Right. So, you know, to me, it's, it's it's the height of arrogance and stupidity to try to tell people, um, well, this way is right and that way is wrong. And even though I have my issues with it, and that's what I tried to explain to my sister-in-law, I, I work in a nursing home. I see human suffering on a daily fucking basis, Bushy. Yeah, so, been and, there, and, done and, that. And, and, and for me to think, oh, well, there's a – and you've seen shit even worse in the field of combat bro so so when i hear people go oh you know there's a god and he loves us i'm going really does he really if there is a god is he really that involved in our lives nah he's moved on to the next new planet and and as far as like um and as far as like afterlife even the only thing what makes me think well maybe there is something to it believe it or not is reincarnation and that's just because i've read and heard stories where people have remembered things that there's just really no other way they could have known. You know, you got a fucking four-year-old talking about being in a plane and describing the actual plane and his friends. And lo and behold, somebody looks it up and there was a guy who was a pilot in World War II in England who was, friend, you know, described the plane in detail. And the little guy was only like four or five years old. How in the actual, either two things, either A, he did live that life, or B, he's kind of got this... ESP fucking window where he can see the past in detail. I don't know how else you explain it. I don't. don't And that's just one example, you know, and I do think that out of any of them, the one that makes the most sense is reincarnation because when you look at the cycle of life, everything has a beginning and a middle and an end. Okay, Look look at the seasons. Look at the year. You have spring, which is birth. You have summer, which is life. You have autumn, which is the twilight of your life. And then winter is death. And it happens over and over and over again. Even the 24-hour cycle from day to night, sunrise, sunset, night, it, it's it's all cyclical. Life is cyclical. Everything begins and ends again and again and again. And I, and I think maybe there might, and I'm just saying might because I don't know, be something to that. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? I don't know.
Stayed on this anyway. morbid topic. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dwayne yeah. Haskins. That sucks. Gone too soon. This guy, yes. older gentleman, thought he was sickly, personally. Uh, you know, the last few times I've seen him, I was like, oh, he don't look so great. Looking rough, yeah. Man, Gilbert Godfrey passes away after what they're just saying is a long illness. Two weeks ago, Connor Stratton was watching him on stage and got a selfie with him. He put it on Facebook today. I know, I saw that. But yeah, Gilbert Godfrey, 67 years old, which, not young, my dad my dad died in October. He was 66, just shy of 67. But man, doesn't that suck? Yes, it, it does indeed. One of the heartbreaking things is when I saw the I literally woke up to that news and I seen this photo, and it was the press taking a picture of Gilbert with Louis Andrews, it was Bob Saget holding the phone, and Saget's taking oh a selfie. Oh my god! Gil and Louis Anderson, and I'm like, holy shit, man, that is fucked up. And, That's and crazy. Gilbert posted it on his Instagram, saying how much he missed his friends, and mm. now he's gone. I'm like, whoa, that is like crazy. So it's you know, it's um, it's nuts, Gilbert. Uh. I don't know how much stand-up of his I've seen, but everybody knows that voice. Everybody oh, knows his Some of his stand-up is hilarious, though. Like, you know, i got to be honest. When I was younger, his voice kind of grated me and got on my nerves, and I didn't really think he was that funny until I saw him do some stand-up, and he was making fun of Deliverance. And, you know, the part where, you know, squeal like a pig, boy, and they make Ned Beatty get naked. He goes, originally they wanted John Boyd. And, and Burt Reynolds, but they were big stars. 
So they were like, give it to Ned. Ned's nobody. Give it to Ned. Make Ned get naked. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's a very dry... He, he, he was very funny. Very funny. Very funny. I man. give him credit for all, this. I, I, I really give him credit for this. Yeah, and that's what I've heard too. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, oh, it's cool. There's a joke that's been floating around in the comedy world for decades and decades. And uh, it's, it's the joke, the aristocrats. And there's a roast. I forget which Comedy Central roast it is because I have several of them that I've purchased, you know, on voodoo.com. And I have this particular one. And he tells the aristocrats joke. And it was like... <gasps> No, that's just for us. Like, comedians were shocked. <laughs> They're laughing yeah. hysterically. Nobody else in the crowd is getting the joke. Right. Because it's, it's just horrific. Right. It's, it's this horrific, filthy, nasty fucking joke. And there's a whole hour and a half documentary on this damn joke, okay? You can right. buy it. It is on it. Voodoo. Watch it. Oh, dude, it's on Voodoo. It's the Aristocrats. And it's got everybody from like Phyllis Diller to, you know, Bob Saget. It's got fucking uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried on there. It's got George Carlin, so you get to see some old George. I mean, oh. it's just it's just going through all these different comedians telling this joke. For him to tell that joke on stage and just fucking go for it in the middle of a Comedy Central roast, dude. That's what made Gilbert great. Brilliant. He didn't give a fuck. Didn't he give a fuck. shit. And the you funny thing fuck. is, everyone's like, does he talk like that all the time? No, bitch, watch Ford Fairlane. <laughs> no, he, that's a In the Adventures of Ford it, Fairlane, he spoke normally. It's no, it's no different than, oh, Bob Cat Goldsway. Yeah, for years, you know? they thought he was retarded. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, you know, there's no, um, yeah, that's, I mean, come on. I mean, how can people be that stupid? He talked like, no, he didn't, uh, it was a character, it was a, it was his stage persona, and it worked. It's just like, does people really think that Sam Kinison went around going, oh, 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 24 hours a day? Of course not, you know. Well, I don't know. He was going to be a Baptist preacher. Oh, I've seen his sermons. <laughs> I he bet they're crazy. Loud, yeah. He, he, he got pretty like, oh, my God, yes, like Jesus. You know, it was pretty, it was kind of fiery and brimstone, but not, oh, I mean. That's the, that's the but Baptist But you know what's weird is, I, I guess, I guess his, his denomination, though, because that's one thing that's always kind of irritating when people go, well, what religion are you? Are you Catholic? Or are you ba um, That's not a separate religion. That's a different yeah, faith. That's all Christianity. Different denomination. Muslim yeah. is a different religion. Buddhism yes. is a different religion. Let's get it Judaism right. Judaism is a different religion. Right. Even though the Christian God is called Christ the Judeo-Christian God, because Christianity is an offshoot of that. But Right. Well, most of the, uh, most of the Torah... Is is the Old Testament? The Old Testament, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, and then you got the Quran, which is the Muslim Bible equivalent, basically. Yeah. But anyway, and that's what's weird is even the even the Muslims they recognize Jesus as a prophet. Like a apparently prophet. their God is the their God is the God of Abraham and Moses and Jesus. And I'm like, say what? Which makes it even more confusing. It's like okay, well, but it's they, like the Jews think of Christ as a prophet, not the Savior. Yeah, and I remember seeing um, this thing about Hades. You know, the god of the underworld in Greece. Yes. And how at the very, towards the end, they had Jesus invade 
the underworld and i'm like say what like i looked at my friend and said holy shit dude this is like the first dc marvel crossover this is the first comic crossover before there i mean i'm like wait a minute what's jesus doing appearing in greek mythology man he but i guess the reason why they did shit like that it's just like with the vikings like apparently after ragnarok the way they were able to sell christianity to the to the norwegians to the norse people was by going hey man Odin and Thor and all that, that's the prequel. That happened before, because, like, after Ragnarok, the world is reborn, and, oh, by the way, there's a tree with two lovers, Nate, and that's it's the prequel to Genesis, okay? So it's all, like, oh, all, all religions have that beginning. All religions have a savior that dies and is resurrected three days later. All of them. Yes. So anyway, um, you know, uh, yeah, so basically, <clears throat> Sam, though, his faith and denomination was they didn't believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, he died and did all what they said he did, but he didn't, he didn't, his spirit went to heaven. He did not fly up into heaven, you know, right. like he, you know, they didn't beam him up physically. It was, and, and, and I guess that to some people is pretty, a pretty radical belief. I'm going, I don't see how that's any more radical than the other, but whatever, you know, but yeah, his faith and denomination, the way he was raised is Jesus just died and, and his spirit went to heaven, but he did not come back physically, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different versions of the story. Right. Like you know what's else. funny is I'm listening to all this. I'm thinking, did we talk about this the first time we recorded this? <laughs> I don't think we did, but then we didn't have as much depth. I mean, we're but, catching up on the people we've lost, and and now you know, I mean, we've we've well, we well, lost. What I'm like is it deja vu? I mean, I don't know. The Matrix is fucking glitching. Yeah, well, it's always glitching, my friend. So anyway, rest in uh, peace rest to in Gilbert peace. Godfrey. Yes. yes, and everybody else we talked about, you know. Yeah, um, Dwayne Haskins, sucks. fucking uh, Taylor Hawkins. Life short, hold your loved ones. Let's discuss. Yes, sir. Let's discuss what may be <laughs> the greatest MCU movie of all time. Okay. We're talking about a Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, we're not going to play by play this thing because, frankly, as we're recording this, it's eight o'clock, and I'm starting to get a buzz. Okay. We could probably highlight it. Uh, and I'm the, as we were saying off mic, I'm the MCU nerd. I'm not the uh, comic book nerd. I was a casual <laughs> comic book guy. You're the comic book nerd, MCU nerd, that can give us some backstory on things, you know, nuances sure. that may be different. Sure, sure. Um, when I was doing the intro, you're like, yeah, debatable. I'm like, whoa. I just did that the fuck with you, though, mostly. <laughs> How how but is I this don't, I don't not think it's the greatest. The greatest. I think it's good. How What's it better not? than this? Uh, I would say Infinity War, even though it ends on a downer, is better. I think uh, Endgame is better. I think um, no way. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a Endgame great. Game. It's was a good movie. As fuck, especially at the end. But I didn't. I didn't. I I loved it, man. Um, I I think when it comes to MCU films, it would be hard for me to rank it because this is an MCU film, but it's also a Sony Spider-Man film too. People have to remember exactly. that there is a distinction. 
Okay, there is a distinction, folks, because even while Disney owns Marvel and Marvel owns Spider-Man, the character, Sony owns the movie rights, okay? And that's a whole thing, too, because Amazing Spider-Man, even though, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though it made money, it wasn't the hit that, I mean, let's just put it this way in perspective. Guardians of the Galaxy, a property that nobody but us comic book nerds knew anything about. There's yeah, actually I, two versions of Guardians of the Galaxy. There's the present-day Guardians ever. of the Galaxy, which is the ones in the movie, and then there's the 31st century Guardians of the Galaxy, okay? Which is oh, totally Lord. different characters. Yes. Oh, yes. So, you know, I mean, in fact, when Guardians of the Galaxy first started out, you had the 31st century, which was almost like Marvel's answer to DC's Legion of Superheroes, if you're familiar with that property or not, which was the the team of young teenagers that Superboy was a member of. Ugh, yeah, no, I didn't read those. Oh. Even, even back then, I was like, well, uh, this is gay. Uh, well, you know, you're missing out. Legion of Superheroes started off hokey, but when they got better writers and better, it, it got really good. There's some great, like the Great Darkness Saga with Darkseid is fucking great. So, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. But I, okay. I'll, I'll throw that out there because you're not a comic book guy, so you don't know. I'm not know. a comic book guy. Right. You talk to Kevin Smith about this and he would nerd out with you. He totally um, would. So, my, anyway. My thing is, I love that this movie, and man, the Marvel movies are weird. They're weird because some of them will take off right where they left off and others... And, and others like don't. And this one forever. does. It like and literally this one picks, picks up, up like, almost right where the last one left off. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I liked. I had no problem with that. With what's his face there, you know, releasing Peter Parker's Mysterio. name. Like, Basically framing him in death. He's dying or whatever's happened to him. So then he's going to pour, throw poor Peter under the bus. Yeah. And then, um, you know, J. Jonah Jameson releases all that information. So you're like in real time, bam, we're still on the streets of New York City. We're still looking up at the video screens and those shits are real they're all over fucking you know manhattan you know especially times square and uh you know peter's got to rescue mj and swing off yeah i i love how it starts that way but i yeah i like that too i thought that was cool man doc ock showing up and i knew doc ock was showing up right okay it's hard to avoid spoilers i did a really good job mm-hmm. but it's hard to avoid everything you right. know what I mean? But man, the CGI they did on Alfred Molina's face. I know. Man, he they still did great... looked pretty young. He looked just like he did in, in the... Uh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, which has been how many years ago? Because uh, that's a Tobey yeah, Maguire Spider-Man. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot about this movie I liked. I'm not pissing on it, dude. But I just think that to me to say uh, it's the best Marvel movie ever, I'm like... You can make the argument it's the best Spider-Man movie, and I'd go, it's up there. It's up there. It's in my top three for sure. Wait, what? For sure. It's up there with Spider-Man. The no, I'm going to get in with you on Spider-Man, okay? Best Spider-Man well, movie. Best it Spider-Man would be movie? this one. You think so? I I don't know. It's 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 up there. It, for me, Spider-Man 2 is the best. It, you know, it was the one that I felt like was closest to the character. There is one flaw with it, though. You're a Doc Ock fan, aren't you? I love Dr. Ock. Okay. He's my favorite Spider-Man villain. Fair enough. But, but it's more than that. I, I just felt like the whole... 
they, they, he, I don't know. I just feel like that, even though he's got the biological web shooters, which he doesn't have that in the comics. So, you know, but it's, it, to me, it's the closest to way the Peter Parker is in the comics. Now, there is one thing that's kind of missing from even, even Spider-Man 1. And there's moments of it. There's moments of it where he'll, he'll make a quip. Spider-Man is like the stand-up comedian of superheroes. He's always cracking jokes. And that's one thing that I think they got totally right in the Andrew Garfield movies. You know, Spider-Man has a lot more one-liners in the Andrew Garfield movies than he oh. does in the Tobey Maguire films. And I'm going to go ahead and give an unpopular mental opinion. I know. You Andrew Garfield is my second favorite Spider-Man after Tom Holland. Whatever. Anyway, um... <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I do think that, the, that uh, with that aspect of Spidey, they got it more right. Like Andrew, And Andrew's a fine actor. I have nothing against Andrew Garfield. In fact, I think he kind of got the shit end of the deal. And I blame Sony for that. And so did he, by the way. I mean, it's bad writing. I'll, yeah, I'll tell wrote, you right now, it's bad writing. Yeah, it, well, it, you had a bunch of studio executives interfering with the director, the writer and director. That's what happened. I mean... Tom, or not Tom Holland, but fucking Andrew Garfield blasted Sony when all that shit went down. He said, hey, we tried to make a good movie. We tried to do Spy Justice of Spidey, but they were so fucking concerned with we gotta get the Sinister Six and we gotta do this. And then they just had him introduce a lot of elements that I'm like, is not even part of the Spider-Man mythos. But that's that's neither here nor there. You know, the thing about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man that I did like is they did have him make quips and one-liners a lot more. Because Spider-Man, like I said, he is the stand-up comedian of comics. He's always yeah. cracking wise, constantly. Cocky, wisecracks all the time. All the time. And, they and that's why I liked Andrew that. Garfield so much. Because as, as casual a Spider-Man comic reader I was as a kid... Because I think I stopped buying and collecting comic books at like 14 because I mm -hmm. discovered, you know, tits. <laughs> so I kind of got away from that thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I discovered tits too, but you know, I still read my comics. <laughs> but I, but I remember. And besides, the great one-liners and stuff. Guess what? Now you got all these hot chicks doing cosplay and shit. It's just oh so ironic to me. Like now it's cool to like this shit. I know it. It's like I can't go to those places because I'm the guy that was like talking shit about it when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and I fucking called oh, well, the motherfuckers out when they were waiting in line in the Avengers. I'm like, what are you doing here? What? I'm like, you used to fuck with me for liking this shit. Now it's cool, so you like it? Fucking. Yeah, well, see, I had the Star Wars Star Trek pass, so. Right. That's what I mean, Bushy. You know, you can say, well, I wasn't really. Okay, fine. You were a casual kind of fan, but you were a fucking nerd. And let's be honest. Most oh, yes, metal sir. Heads, most metalheads have nerd in them. We are all like that. I don't give a fuck, man. The, 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 the most tattooed up, badass looking dude deep down is a fucking geek. He's probably a horror geek. He's probably into sci-fi. He's in all yes. that weird shit. All, all, okay? all, all, all metalheads are. Yes. So anyway, um, yeah. Um, what, yeah, like I said, there's moments of the wisecracking in, in the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi films. Like, uh, of course, when the goblin attacks Jameson, Spider-Man webs his mouth and says, Hey, shut up. My mom and dad's talking here. I wish there had been a bit more of that. Like when he takes that huge bag of money with all the coins and hits Doc Ock with it and goes, here's your change. You know, and of course, when he takes on the wrestler, you know, Bonesaw, that's a nice outfit. Did your mother make? Like that's Spider-Man, you know, totally. Well, see, to me, I that wish... was so cartoony. That's why I preferred the Garfield version. 
It's like what? he would kick your ass and talk shit. It's like, see, this is what you're doing wrong, you know? And I, I just preferred that kind of quipping to the, uh, well, to don't me, forget your change. Well, to me, is quipping. It doesn't matter, though. At least they, you know, I'm just saying they should have had more of that. They should have had more wisecracks in the Sam Raimi films. That's my only flaw with them. Other okay. than that, I think they're fucking great. I think they get to the essence of the character of Spider-Man. And also, it was the first time you got to see Spider-Man look like Spider-Man. Um, I, I, There is one other thing, though. I think the cinematic MJ, I don't think they've ever done, and I'm talking Mary Jane Watson, not Michelle Johnson Watson, who's Zendaya's, right. Zendaya's character, because she really is a different character, really. She's not, that, you know... I mean, but they didn't really do her justice. Like, her leaving John Jameson at the altar, I'm like, damn, Mary Jane? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's something I don't think that MJ in the comic books would have ever done, you know? But again, I'm nitpicking, you know? It's it's kind of like with this new Spider-Man film. And after watching it again, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of nitpicking here. I got to fucking realize that this is not made for... Yes, it's made for the comic book guys, too, but it's also made for the casuals. But we'll get into that... Yeah, it's Man. it's made for the you know. And let's uh, be honest, one of the reasons why you think this is the greatest Spider-Man film and the Marvel film is because the other two Spider-Man guys are in it. If they weren't, you wouldn't be jerking off to this movie as much as you are. Let's be fucking honest about it. The reason why everybody's jerking off to this film is because it's got all three Spideys in it, and it opens up that possibility for even well, more. It, it's you know? got all those villains too from all those different movies. Exactly. That haven't and been discussed. Be honest, they could have recasted those villains in this new MCU, and they may still do that. But is anybody going to make a better Green Goblin than Willem Dafoe? Is anybody going to be a better Doc Ock than Alfred Molina? Fuck no. Hard. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but it's going to be a hard act to follow. Let's just be honest. Absolutely. And I have to say, uh, Jamie Foxx playing Electro. The special effects in this film. They did a great job. I think he was more oh. effective as Electro in this than he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I loved him in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But yeah. I thought this was much better. Uh, the lizard guy. I'm so glad they didn't have him an awful lot in this film either. Because <laughs> I'm not a fan of that villain. It, well, I'm not a fan of that version of the villain. And honestly, when it comes to the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, which that's the guys that created Spider-Man, the original Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Rogues Galleries, the Lizard, he's okay. He's not one of my favorites, though. I mean, he's all right. I like the comic book version better than I do the movie version. The movie version is like, I mean, for one, they've got him as an English guy, and Kirk Connors is American. And again, I'm, maybe I'm fucking nitpicking, but I'm just saying. Because if you remember, Kirk Connors is actually in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. He's missing the arm. He's the guy that when Peter's like, I'm sorry for being late. I meant to be here. Well, then be here, Peter. That guy's more like the real, I, I don't want to use the word real Kirk Connors because none of it's right. real. Right. He's more like his comic saying. book counterpart. Where this guy's all talking like he's, oh, Buffy. That's not the lizard. That is not the lizard, man. He's not all fucking sophisticated and erudite. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like, what? You know, but anyway... I hear yeah. it. Sandman? Love him. And I think uh, the guy who played him, even though I'm not a big fan of Spider-Man 3, he was the best thing in Spider-Man 3. I, uh, yeah, I half-ass agree. They did more with him emotionally. Um, the Venom character, 
wasn't a fan. I like the Tom Holland movie. It's pretty good. I haven't seen a second one yet. I've but... not seen either one of them because I don't know. I'm having a hard time going, okay, Venom without Spider-Man. And again, it's from the comics, but his origin is so intrinsically linked to Spider-Man. It, 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 it's what his motivation is. It's everything. It's like Venom was a villain before he became an anti-hero. And they're just doing, they, they go straight to anti-hero Venom. So I got a problem with that already. You know, and then, but I do think Tom, uh, Tom, um, oh, not Holland, what's his name? Tom um, Hardy is a great choice for Eddie Brock, though. I was like, oh, that's great casting because the, the, the guy they got in the third movie, I'm like, ugh. He looks more like Carnage than Venom for, because Carnage is a, he's a, he's a muscular dude, but he's wiry like Spider-Man. He's not big. Venom's big. Venom's a big motherfucker. Scary, intimidating. And you got dude from 70s show playing Venom and Eddie Brock. I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. um, God, that movie was a hot mess, man. I but was again, not a fan of and, that movie. And I don't blame Sam Raimi. That was Sony fucking interfering and, and Avi Arad just having a fucking hard on for Venom. He finally got his Venom movie. Fuck, maybe now he'll fucking shut the fuck up. But anyway, that's a whole other fucking rant. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I thought, thought it was cool because he's he's dangerous for one thing. I mean, his powers and the way they work, he's always giving Spider-Man a hard time. And and I thought even in this movie, even more so, the effects was just beautiful, man. Yeah, Electro looked amazing. But you have that whole. That opening sequence there where, you know, Doc Ock is there and it's like, uh, you're not Peter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you got fucking, you know, the Hobgoblin or Green, Green Goblin, Goblin, whichever right. one it is, showing up. I was like, oh, oh, shit. So part of me knew from that opening sequence that Tobey Maguire is going to show up. Yeah, yeah. I had been hearing rumors, and I kind of figured that was going to happen. They never come right out and said it, and they never showed until I think maybe the final trailer, like right before the movie came out, you see that that scene with all three Spider-Men, which I'm like, well, that was fucking stupid. You know, you kind of just gave it away. But that's movie studios for you. Well, well, see, look, uh, um, Tobey Maguire, I didn't hear him say anything. Or Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield was asked, and he said, no, I'm not in that milk movie. Man, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, he, play, he, he did a good job playing it off, man. But very he is an actor. convincing. He is an he actor. He is an actor. Yeah. And they can, you know, actors are, well, they're, they're, they're paid to lie and pretend, so. Basically. Yeah, let's but, be honest. But I got to tell you, man, when, uh, you know, the whole Doctor Strange, I'm not a Doctor Strange fan, the magic of do and all that. I don't know that I'll see Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I'm going to. I have. Visuals alone. You can't tell uh, me that shit don't look cool, Bush. It looks cool, but I don't like the character. I I like Doctor Strange. I think he's cool. He's different. He's, um, yes, yes, but that's what's kind of cool about Marvel and DC Comics and comic book universes. It's every much as fuck as magic and and horror as it is sci-fi like that's what's kind of cool about these fictional universes is they you have all kinds of different characters and different things so if you're into that supernatural shit dr strange is your guy if you're more into the science fiction you got the fantastic four for that you know you know what i'm saying right. like there's, there's something for everyone and i i think visually it's like holy fuck this movie looks like it's going to be fucking amazeballs man oh, uh, we'll see uh, I, I and did Sam like, Raimi and Sam Raimi did the Evil Dead movies. Just stop, dude. <laughs> I, I will give credit to this. This looks like the prequel to 
multiverse of man. It is. The, you know, the, what's, what so Doctor Strange? This is all. That. This is all. You got to look at look look at it. each Marvel Cinematic Universe movie may have a different character featured in it, but the way Kevin Feige runs this, and you've got to give him credit because he's had a hell of a lot more hits than he has. There's a few movies that were kind of a miss for me, but overall, the quality is really good, and he's running it like a television series. He is the showrunner. And he gets right. a team of writers, and they get together, and they collaborate. And that's why there is this level of consistency to most of the Marvel films. You know, you'll hear some people go, oh, did you, did you direct your, do your thing? Well, you know, I don't hear the Russo brothers who did Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and Captain America Civil War and Winter Soldier. I don't hear them complaining. And they got Sam no. Raimi, who is an auteur director, to do Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And he hasn't done any superhero movies since Spider-Man 3. So, you know, there there is something to that. Look, I'm all for letting... I mean, and that's what's kind of cool about this whole concept of the multiverse especially when you got dc on the other side of it because you can have robert pattinson's the batman but you can still have ben affleck's batman too if they fucking decide and i think they should go that direction. i've heard rumors that batfleck is showing up in the flash movie yes he, he is that's been confirmed he is going to be in the film him now, is it keaton. is it keaton showing up too yeah but I I would not be surprised if we see the Christian Bale Batman either, and they're just keeping that a secret. I will say, though, now things are up in the air because that Ezra Miller guy's a fucking idiot and has gotten in trouble again. And I don't. And now you know Discovery has basically merged with Warner Brothers and DC, so I don't know what's going to happen now, man. It's kind of sad because DC had had that preview where they showed that they were going to have four films all out this year, and now Flash has been delayed, Black Adam's been delayed. It's like they just can't get their shit together, and that's why they're consistently getting their ass kicked by Marvel at the box. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. DC has always been the darker of the two companies. Not always. See, a lot of people always say that, but once upon a time in the comic books, especially, Marvel was known as being more realistic and gritty and, and, and darker. What happened, though, is because Disney bought Marvel, they're making films that the whole family can enjoy, where DC is, again, you got to look at it from Warner Brothers' point of view. Is, you know, they... you Another thing people have to remember, Bushy, is when, when, when they first announced that, you know, because Marvel Films was a uh, Marvel Studios was a thing before Disney bought Marvel. Like this right. was already in the plan when they did Iron Man. They had they had had this whole idea of doing yeah everything was mapped out. And I remember people laughing when when they said that like oh how's that gonna work and it's crazy. Even Warner Brothers was like well you know we're just gonna concentrate on doing single movies and blah blah blah. And people also have to remember. I think what happened, especially for Warner Brothers, is they were a victim of their own success. Because what there was two comic book movies that came out the same year that raised the bar when it came to comic book films, and that's Iron Man and Dark Knight. And where yes. Iron Man, they had a plan. DC and well, not really DC. Let's be honest, because it was Warner Brothers, the morons, I mean, who have no fucking idea what to do with that IP. They're fucking retarded. Like I think Warner Brothers is a great 
studio when it comes to doing it. I don't understand them because they'll let other directors do other films and let them do their thing. Like Denis Villeneuve pretty much got to do whatever he wanted with Dune. They didn't fuck with him. But when it comes to their DC properties, it's like they got to constantly fucking, you know, uh, and then and they like second guess themselves. They get Zack Snyder to do Man of Steel. They get fucking, you know, you know, him to do Justice League, and then they change their mind, then they get another director. It's like they don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. And that's the problem with DC, man. But anyway, let's get back to Spider-Man. I'm sorry, I digressed. You can edit all that out if you want. Hello? Oh, I see what you were trying to do. He must have taken a piss break, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to have to totally edit this out, Bushy. I'm sorry. I fucked up, man. I fucked up, brother. I completely fucked up. You can probably get me right at the end of my rant with DC and then edit it and put whatever we're going to do together. But, uh, yeah, man. I am sorry about that, buddy. I fucked up. I fucked up. Ah. <sighs> I am a long-winded motherfucker. I truly, truly am. It's kind of crazy. Crazy. I fucked up, man. I fucked up. Oh, yeah. All right, this is what I can say. Hey, hey, hey. Before you start, I'm sorry. I fucked up, man. When you were doing that, I thought you were like, hey, dude, wrap this up. We need to get back to Spider-Man because I went off on my DC rant and my Warner Brothers, really Warner Brothers rant. And then I wrapped it up with, "Okay, let's get back to Spider-Man. And then there was like silence. And I'm like, oh, shit, he went to take a pee break. So when you edit it, just end it with let's get back to Spider-Man. And then, you you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, man. You're going to laugh, though, because I'm like, oh, I fucked up, Bushy. I'm sorry. I really fucked up. I am a long one. I went off on it, but you're going to have to edit all that out, man. No, no, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Really? You're going to fucking like put the peep? Okay, man, cool, whatever. Yeah, you're, you're the editor. Yeah, watch. You're going to you're gonna Mark Alden Taylor this shit and just not even bother to edit at all? Oh! No. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Damn, no. I, I got to figure out a way to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I fuck. Mark knows I'm just busting <laughs> No, I will say this. Um... DC got it right as far as we are in competition with Marvel or Disney. That's another discussion to have for another day. (laughs) But uh, DC got it right with Aquaman. Yeah. They finally got it right. And uh, I thought Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie was really good too. Dude, I love the first. I love, I love 1984. I did too. A lot of people bagged on 1984, but I liked it. You know, I love the uh, Justice League. I know Batman versus Superman. I, I, you were talking about Henry Cavill. Sorry, I think he's like the greatest Superman since Christopher Reeve for sure. He is the best since him. They have not gotten like okay. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen like a few scenes. The guy they got in that Superman Lois series, which looks like it's pretty fucking good. I like him, but you're right. I think Henry Cavill is great. Well, that guy is the guy from Supergirl. He's the guy that played Superman as Supergirl. Right, yeah, he spun off from, which is kind of opposite from the comics, because Superman came first, and right. which I know Superman had a presence there, like, 
when they introduce her in the show, she is Superman's cousin. But right. the point that I'm trying to make is Superman had his own series, and then Supergirl spun out from it. Right. And they did it bad. But, uh, but I will tell you, show. Superman and Lois, better than Lois and Clark. Oh, I'm sure. Lois and better Clark wasn't that great. Better than Smallville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's really a good show. I've heard that, and I, I've heard that dude makes a good Superman. But you're he right. does. He's Henry, not Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill looks Henry. like if you're thinking about a powerful motherfucker. Yeah, he looks like he stepped right out of the comic books to me. Yeah, looks yeah. amazing. I love the suit, everything about it. But you are right. We do have to get back to Spider Man. Yes, sir. And all we're gonna do is like pick pieces apart. Me, I lost my shit when Andrew Garfield's jumped through the hole. The mm-hmm. time hole, whatever it's called. Which, oddly enough, is formed by... <laughs> Ned Leeds! Tom Holland's best friend. Because <laughs> this is where it starts to get fucking confusing if you haven't watched it. We know you've all watched it. <laughs> right, and that's why we're not going into details. Because we figure everybody who's seen it has already seen it. And yeah. we're basically kind of talking about the highlights of the film, so to speak. Or the oh, film. yeah. Like, whoa. Um I- I, I, I love that scene where he just kind of hops through in his spider suit. I really love when they're calling for Peter Parker and they get uh, 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 Tobey Maguire. He's in Peter costume, which looks exactly like the old guy, Peter Parker, in um, the only animated movie I will watch anymore, which is uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Which was great. I mean, I uh, loved it as a Spider-Man um, fan because it was a total love letter I loved it because it included Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. It it had all of it. It had every version of Spider-Man you could want, just about. And it was a love letter to the Spider-Man. Yes, but nobody knows Spider-Ham. You're the first person I've ever talked to that are even comic book fans that know Spider-Ham. I used to get them stupid things because I was reading Archie and Jughead and shit like that and Casper and Wendy, the good little ghost. Because yeah, I, I like those comics, too. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, so do I. Um, uh, yeah, Spider-Ham was hilarious, man. And it was like, that was a very popular comic book for a while. Like, I, it, that surprises me that they're, I think you got to be a certain age, though. Um, maybe Definitely. some of the younger comic book fans don't know about Spider-Ham. No. But I did. They even had Spider-Man Noir, which is actually a relatively newer character. He... He first appeared in the aughts. And again, it was an alternate reality, but eventually, you know, because there's a comic book, Into the Spider-Verse is actually a comic book storyline. The story's different, but that's oh, for where real? all the different Spider-Man. Yeah. Again, like Peter Parker's identity being revealed in this, that happened in the comics as well, but it was different because it spun out from the events of Civil War. Remember the movie Captain America Civil War? And how they had the because of what happened in Sokovia and all that. Oh well, we have these accords where superheroes have to register and blah 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 blah, and you know to register you have to reveal your identity. Well, sort of the same thing happened in, in the in the in the Marvel Comics universe. You had uh, something really tragic happen that actually happened in America, and because of that, everybody stepped down and said, "All right, man, superheroes have to register." And you had your Captain America faction, you had your Iron Man faction, and Peter was, believe it or not, on Team Tony Stark, just like in the movie. And Tony talked Peter into revealing his identity to the world, which caused all kinds of problems for him later because things just went really bad. Too. Things got out of control in Civil right. War to where both sides were doing shit that wasn't really 
very heroic anymore. And it kind of got to the point where Captain America literally surrendered in the comics and then was assassinated by Crossbones. He was killed. Cap died. Okay? Like, and it was a much darker ending. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the comic books usually are a lot darker than than the movies. Well, sure. Well, and, you got to keep putting people in the seats. Right. And Peter eventually got his identity secret. And Doctor Strange was sort of kind of involved in that. But it, it's a lot more convoluted. And I'm not going to get into it because it's just take too much time. But, <laughs> but you know, a lot of these movies, they get their story ideas from the comic books. They may take it in a different direction or may execute it differently than it was. And I'm fine with that. You know, well, that's I, fine. That's yeah. like the Conan the Barbarian movies. I mean, people bitch about all these things. You know, Jason Momoa and fuck him. But if you read the original Robert E. Howard Actually, stories, Jason Momoa looks more like the real Conan. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think me too. And yes, and thank you. But as far as like the way the characters described in the Robert E. Howard short stories and novels, Jason Momoa looks just like him. Now, with that being said, I gotta be honest, I didn't really care for the movie. And a lot of people say that, but I'm a Conan nerd. I love and, Conan. And there's dude, stuff that's like plucked right from the Robert E. Howard books. There is. There I is. mean, that line where he's talking to that hot chick before he bangs her. Mm-hmm. And he says, I live, I love, I slay, and I am content. Yeah. The, that is that is Robert E. Howard's words right there. Well, I enjoyed I, the film. I, I uh, I'm not gonna try to get into a Conan talk now no, no, because no, that's fine. I would that's, definitely have that conversation with yeah, you one that's day. That's cool, man. I, I you know, my dad was a big Conan fan, so I grew See, up I on, like fantasy, so and I grew up on the stories. I mean, to me, if if J.R.R. Tolkien is the father of epic fantasy, Robert E. Howard is the father of Sword and, sorcery and adventure fantasy. Yes, and sword and sorcery fantasy, or whatever you want. Yes. Adventure fantasy, you know, which is I don't know if you know this. Here's an interesting aside. Um, there's a fantasy science fiction fantasy author by the name of L. Sprague de Camp, and he became good friends with Tolkien. And Tolkien was actually <laughs> think about this. This is a guy who's like a literary, you know, like people. He was he was recognized for his achievements in his lifetime, where Robert E. Howard wasn't, and when Elspreg de Camp introduced uh, uh, Tolkien to Conan, he really liked him. And he's like, well, I'd really like to talk to this chap. I would like to meet him. And that's when Elspreg had to tell him he killed himself. Right. And it broke Tolkien's heart because he really liked, he goes, and Matt Ingo, I'd rather like to Robert E. Howard's Conan story. He's like, you know, and I just thought that was so cool that Tolkien that's recognized. That's awesome. I had never heard the, that story. And Robert E. Howard what a great writer. I mean, almost poetic the way he would write and stuff. So, yeah, man. Uh, um, and, well, see, this that's why I like the Momoa version of the movie because when you read Robert E. Howard, you know, the blood splashed and right. the magic no, no. came up out of the ground. Everything looked right. Yeah, I think it, people are stuck on Austrian Conan and it pisses me off. Well, I, I think the thing with that... It's movie, like, did we forget Conan the Destroyer? C- cinematically, I think cinematically, it's a cool film. I I guess part of my issue is I think Conan would work best, and I don't know what happened. I've heard that Netflix was going to do it, and then I heard Amazon was going to do it. And there's a guy who wants to do a Conan series, and he series. wants to adapt the short, the actual 
short stories written by Robert E. Howard. Like his first episode would yeah, have been Yeah, whatever the magazine was, he yeah, sent those stories to Right, him. yeah. The Frost Giant and the Pulps, yeah. Um the the, the Frost Giant's daughter. And I'm like, yes, because I don't think Conan's ever been done totally Total justice has not been done to that character. Yes, there are moments, even in the Robert or in the Schwarzenegger films that I love. Yes, and, but, and both of them, even the shitty one, yes. Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, but there's parts where I'm like, you know, I so I don't think Conan's ever, and to me, to do Conan and to do it actual justice, it would almost have to be a streaming series. I think personally, it's just, and I think that's the way when a, a lot of these IPs, that's the direction they're going to go. As you much as I love, make it like Hercules and Xena. No, 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 and no, no, all no. That. I'm, like God. this guy, uh, this guy apparently the one that wants to do it, is a huge Robert E. Howard fan. He wants to do, he wants to adapt. The actual Conan stories. I think the best adaptation besides the movie or, or that, that's better than the movies of Conan would have to be the comics that Marvel and Dynamite and other companies have done. That, to me, is the closest. Because a lot of times they would adapt the Robert E. Howard stories and then they would write stories around, right. original stories around it. And, and I think that's the that's the way you approach Conan. I, I used to read I, all the Ghost Rider uh, uh, books because mm-hmm. there's like fifty or sixty Conan books out there that are not the Robert E. Howard stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they were all done so well. Well, I mean, the, the some Road of the Kings was amazing. Um, a lot of well, that El Sprague de Camp guy I mentioned, he wrote some. He would take these old manuscripts that that um. Robert E. Howard didn't finish, and he would finish them. And they would say, by Robert E. Howard and L. Sprague de Camp. So there right. was those, too. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get back into Spider-Man, because as much as these Spider-Man movies, I love them, I would love to see a, an actual streaming Spider-Man series. Because, again, I think most comic book characters work best when the stories are done in a serial-like way, Episodic, I you know. Well, you look can at find Aaron, that. You look at Spider Man in the Chinese Web. Yeah, okay, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> come be, on, it was look, great. Be, be real, <laughs> uh, you know, Daredevil, The Punisher, all those like Netflix shows. Even the shows that Disney Plus are doing, I think it does work better than uh, you know. Like I loved. Um, I didn't. I haven't watched Loki yet. I'm having a hard time. I watched Loki. Loki's real good. Is it okay? Loki's real good. I, I WandaVision started out weird, but by the Horrible. time you realize you got, what's going on, it got really good. Like once I knew it was a fantasy, and she had done it, I knew all that going in, so I knew. But I thought like once everything starts falling apart and reality starts crashing in around her, and the fight between the two different visions, I thought was pretty fucking badass. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, let um, me tell you how far I got in that movie or series. I didn't get out of the fucking black and white. I hated it. Yeah. Well, again, you know. If I want to um, watch Leave it to Beaver, patience. guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch Leave it to fucking Beaver. I, I know what you're trying to say. It, it is weird. It starts off weird. I'm not going to debate with you on that. But, you know, I don't it's know. It's like it goes way too comic book either for me. You know, it, it, was, it was weird. I'm not going to lie, man. Even I was like, what are they doing here? But... As you watch it, you know, and, and maybe it was because I I don't think I could have binge watched it because I would have gotten bored with it. But I didn't binge watch it. I watched it as the episodes came out. And I think because of that, I mean, first I'm like, well, what is this? And this is weird. And it's, I, I don't know what's going on. But yet I'm like, well, there's got to be something to this. By the time the second or third episode, things start 
warping up. You know, you know. Okay, so here's my question: Would you watch a Tom Holland Spider-Man series? You fucking right, I would. In a fucking New York minute. Yeah, I probably would too. <laughs> Fuck, he's really I, my, I'll tell you what, he's I, really my favorite Spider-Man. I would watch a fucking Andrew Garfield Spider-Man series. I'd at least give it a chance. I'd be fucking right, dude. I thought oh, yeah. Daredevil on Netflix, which was made by Marvel, fucking great. Um, I thought the Captain America and the Winter Soldier was cool. That, I think, was one of the better Marvel series that's been done on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I just think it would lend itself better to that format because comic books are... A ser- and Conan was serialized fiction, really, essentially. It was. I mean, a lot of them were short stories. Well, There's only well when Robert E. Howard actually. wrote them, there was yeah. no order, no rhyme or reason. It no, was just, he didn't put them in. He, he didn't it, write it. It was in. a barbarian telling tales to somebody is the way well, you he know, described it. You're sitting you know, around he, a campfire, this guy's telling a story. Right. So you might get a story where he's young. You might get a story where he's King Conan. Yeah. You might get a story in between, and exactly. that's the way he wrote those stories. And, and it's been writers like El Sprague de Camp and Roy Thomas, who worked at Marvel Comics, who took those stories and said, "Well, we're going to take all these Robert E. Howard stories and we're going to present them linear, and we're going to write stories around those stories." And I think that would be the way to go with Conan, personally. I think if you're going to do Conan and do justice to the character, that's the way to go. And I kind of feel that way as much as I enjoy these movies and I do like them. I'm like, I mean, fuck, man. Like everybody's who, talking about that. Who new the Superman hell would show. play him now? I don't know. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Momoa do it again, but do it, but do it in a series. I don't know if he, that's ever He happen. looks like Conan. He he's does not, look like Conan. He's not big enough to be Conan. If you look at all the uh, Frank oh, Rosetta pictures huge. of Conan. Yeah, he's fucking... But the dark complexion, the long, dark hair. Oh, the dark uh, eyes. Like, yes, yeah. Conan is, you know, like... Yeah, Momoa is Conan. And I, I piss Conan. I'm, I'm on, Dude, I'm on Conan fucking Facebook pages. They get mad at me. I'm like, eh, shut up. <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing. I'd ask him, um, have you ever read any of the... Robert E. Howard stories. Do you even know anything about the real character? Oh, these guys do. Okay, so they're shut like, up. Because I'm so like super nerd. You know, I got news for Conan does not talk like this. Yeah, okay, he doesn't. Let's be real. I love no. Omni, and I know those movies put him on the map, and that's great. And and don't get me wrong, I I watched the Conan movie as a kid, and I did enjoy it. But even no, come on, Conan the Barbarian with Schwarzenegger is a great film. It's a good film. It's like, a great film. My dad, you got to understand, my dad's a huge Conan fan. So he was very, uh, like he said, all they did was take a bunch of different stories and smash them together. Fuck that. Yes. Well, that's he, what they did with the Momoa film. Yeah, he didn't like that. He wanted a fucking, he wanted, I mean, I'm going to just, my dad's kind of like that sometimes. He wants a literal translation, which I'm going, okay, Pop, I I kind of like he it's funny because he's more open-minded with comics. And I guess because it's a monthly publication and because there's been like so many stories with these characters that he doesn't mind that Marvel and even DC kind of cherry pick their stories and sure. here and there. But when it comes to Conan, my dad's like, that shit's like sacred text, man. It should go, it should start from the frost eyes. And be, you know, like, I'm like, okay, pop. You know, but my okay. Dad so I, we, I see where you get it. when we're talking about Spider-Man. Kind of, but not really, <laughs> because I got news for you. If I was going to be like that, I would be pissed off. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't do Civil War like in the comics. So I got a question for you. Because you can't do 70 
fucking I forget what Spider-Man's anniversary this year, sixty something. You can't do sixty years of kind of continuity in a two-hour film, Bushy. It's no. possible. I got a question for you. Yeah, hit me. How emotional was it when MJ during that big fight scene at the end, where all three Spider-Men are jumping into action after they've had their bromance going on? And by the way, the bromance scene is fucking great. It is. It <laughs> it's is. absolutely great. It is. But you know, uh, Tom Holland. Yo, is swinging out to get MJ, his MJ. Well, I guess the only MJ in the film. Right. Because she's falling. Right. And then Gobby hits him. And you see that look come over Andrew Garfield's face as he sees MJ falling. Right. And if you've seen all the movies, you're like, oh, fuck. He feels it because of Gwen dying. Sure. And he dives down, saves her. Mm-hmm. The emotion in his face after you know, she lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think Andrew Garfield actually stole this film. I would agree with that. And another thing that was interesting about that, too, is because just that particular Peter, he knows the pain of losing a loved one from a fall. Of course, it's going to hit home with him. What's interesting about that, too, is that whole thing, like in, in the first Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire, when the goblin has the tram with the kids and he has Mary Jane, he drops Mary Jane. In the comic books, it was Gwen who died, just right. like in the movie. And and, and and Gobby killed her. Okay, the goblin killed her. And and just like in the spider that was one thing Amazing Spider-Man 2 got right. When he webs her, her neck snapped, okay? And right. that happens in the comic books. Now, Mary Jane was best friends with Gwen Stacy. And then eventually she was there to comfort Peter. And then eventually they fall in love. And and there was some struggle there because Mary Jane felt like, well, how would Gwen feel about this? But, you, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and the comic books. But it was it was. So what they did is they kind of in the first Spider-Man film, they adapted that story. Only they have Peter saved Mary Jane. Right. You know, and it was Mary Jane in the movie instead of Gwen Stacy. But, you know, that that yeah, happened. Uh, That's right out of the yeah, comic. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, you know, he gets the web on her. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. So when he jumped off that, what was it? The uh, 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 Statue of Liberty with the gay Captain America shield on it. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. I hated that. That was retarded. I didn't get that. But he saves her, and he's like crying after he got her. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me all up in the feels. Me too. Me too. And of course, there's that iconic shot where you see them all together. I mean, it was cool, dude. Especially if you're Spider-Man fans, like, oh wow, cool. You're getting to see all three cinematic versions of Spider-Man together in one film. It was cool, dude. I'm I'm not saying it wasn't cool, you know, but. Um, and as I said, there was a few little things. I thought, I'm just going to come out and say it right now. I think MCU Peter is kind of a dipshit sometimes. He just does shit that makes me want to smack him. I know he's a kid, and I get that. But other than that, I, I, and again, that's me nitpicking. It's a good film. I mean, it's it, it's 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 awesome. I loved it. I mean, come on, man. It's it, But I would have to rank into the Spider-Verse better. 
the animated movie. I think I liked it more. That might be my favorite Spider-Man film overall because it's the one where I'm like, oh, even though the main character is not Peter Parker, it's Miles Morales. Miles Morales. I still loved it. I just because it was a love letter to the character, you know. Like by the way, the new Spider-Man game on uh, PlayStation, maybe it's Miles, Xbox. It's Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't play substandard game systems. I stick with PlayStation. <laughs> but yeah, it's Miles God. Morales. I still have a. You're one of those guys. I still haven't beat the first Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't have a fucking Xbox. Fuck Bill Gates. Okay. Uh, <laughs> again, I look at that as the people that only read DC or only Marvel or only like DC or films. Or I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking, especially a soulless corporation like Sony or Xbox. I don't. I don't fucking bond myself to a fucking you know, company who could give zero fucks about me except for the money I spend on their product. Okay. I, I just don't do that with any, I don't blindly follow. No, no offense, dude. I don't, I'm not putting you down. That's fine. That's cool. If that's what you want to do and that's how you want to live and cool. That's cool. But I, to, to me, it's just like, yeah, I don't get that. No offense. I don't understand that. I don't I understand that. That's like, I'm a PlayStation guy, not Xbox or PC. You know, and then there's like your Nintendo tards. I don't get those guys either. I was back in the day. Um, I'm just like, no. But that's only because Atari was no good anymore. You know, <laughs> I, I um, I don't really, um, I, I mean, I whoever puts out a good product, if I can afford it. I mean, that's the thing with about gaming these days. It's like sometimes you got to pick your poison. You got to go, oh, okay, PlayStation or because. Fucking gaming's expensive, bro. These things are expensive. It is. You, you know, know what I do? That I understand. I go with the original. And PlayStation was here long before Xbox. And uh, the only time I won't go original is if I'm at KFC because fuck original recipe. I want that extra crispy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And like I said, I'm not, I, I don't, don't take that the wrong way what I was saying, but I just, it's like, when, not at all. Well, I not only at all. read DC and I'm like, well, why? Like, don't get me wrong. I love DC or I love Marvel. I even read Image. Harvey comics growing right. up for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I, I just don't understand, like, cause there's some people I remember growing up, like, I remember I was a teenager, a young man, but you know, like when, with the whole Sega versus Nintendo, I did, I loved them both, man. I'm like, I, I, you know. I mean, oh, no, I, 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 definitely a, prefer, I definitely preferred Sega Genesis. I prefer, Right, I mean, I preferred Sega Genesis, but I wasn't like, I'm not going to play Nintendo. Like, fuck it, if it's a good game, it's a good game. I don't give a fuck, you know? I mean, it's like, that would be like going, I'm only going to watch Disney films and no other studio. Well, okay, have fun with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, me, yeah, I will me. watch old Disney films. <laughs> I got kind of a problem with disney that will show up on my <laughs> new youtube channel i mentioned beforehand oh i know yeah their their politics and shit is retarded i get you on that i think it's stupid i think you know any entertainment company shut the fuck up i don't care what your beliefs are one way or the other and i feel that way if even feeling the right shut up i don't care to hear it i don't care i don't i i'm not buying your product for your fucking politics let me tell you this, because you said that, because I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not trying to hear what you say. Um, if I had to listen to only Twisted Sister or only Kid Rock, based on their political content, 
I'm not listening to either. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I'll listen to both. Right. But D. Snyder, I mean, he's always been lefties from fucking New York. He's a Long Island guy, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and lately, he's got a little more mouthy. And it sucks, and I don't agree with him. However, I love his fucking music. I'm not going to stop listening fucking, to his music. You're not a pussy going, oh, I'm never going to listen to Twist no. Sister again. Kid Rock. Now, while he tends to say things I do agree with, some of those things are so crazy. It's like even when you know Donald Trump would say something on TV, I'm like, oh, God, don't say that. If I had to base it on what they're saying politically, I wouldn't listen to any of them. Exactly. I, I just don't <laughs> like being preached to. And it's not just politics, it's religion, too. Look, I know, I you know what? I, no, no, I, I listen to Stripers. You can preach to me if you're a Striper. But that's different, dude. Maybe I, you'll I save me, Michael. I don't. Sweet. I don't mind a Christian rock or metal band because to me, it's the music that matters. That's why I can look past certain bands who I may not agree with their politics, but I'm like, man, that fucking song still rocks. <laughs> I don't care about. Right. But I, I. But I don't really like it, especially with movies and television. <laughs> don't fucking try it. I mean, you can... Well, that's what I was trying to say. Let me let me interrupt you real quick because okay. I remembered. Uh, ben Shapiro, obviously a conservative. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Smart motherfucker, though. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. His Daily Wire, I mean, they released some movies that are just entertaining. They're entertaining and they're not woke, I guess is the best way to put it. And they're released... They're, they're uh, committing a hundred million dollars to children's entertainment. Mm-hmm. That is just entertaining for children. I mean, if you watch the movies that have come out on a, on the Daily Wire network, dude, they're good as hell. They're good. I as have hell. to check them out. I they know. scooped up Gina Carano after they fired her from The Mandalorian. I know, which was fucking stupid. They scooped her up, and her movies coming out in a, in in a month or so. Uh, they had that run hide fight movie about a school shooting. There's no woke politics. It's just about badasses being badasses because guess what? Conservatives like entertainment too. We just don't want to be preached to. Can we take all the preaching out? It just but, make a badass movie. And here's <laughs> the thing: like people go, well, you know, well, since when is? Because it, it cracks me up when I hear people. Especially, well, there should be more diversity in science fiction and comic books. I'm like, uh, there always has been. Maybe always. not always, but with some of it, yeah, I would argue that yes. Like, okay, for instance, um, and there's so many people that don't know about this, but a while back somebody had posted that it was this really pretty black girl and she cosplayed it as Wonder Woman. And somebody said something or other, and I go, well, there's already a black Wonder Woman. They didn't right. even know about Nubia. They knew nothing about her. I said, she's been around since the 1960s, guys. Like, you know. Well, that's like, dude, that's just like when, you know, it was rumored that Michael B. Jordan, the guy that plays, you know, Adonis Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who he is. Was going to be Superman. And people are freaking the fuck out. I'm like, uh, I remember black Superman. I remember black fucking Iron Man. 
Well, yeah, but Black Superman was actually from an alternate universe, and and that's the character Michael B. Jordan wants to. He wants to play Valzad. He doesn't want right. to play Kal El. He even said he was had no interest in playing a Black Clark. But Kent. the point is, it's still Black Superman. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And people get all freaked and Rhodey, the fuck out. And Rhodey was Iron Man. That's why in the Iron Man movies, you see him in the War Machine armor. He actually was Iron Man before he became War Machine. Tony built the War Machine armor for Rhodey in the comics. Nice. You know? so, see, I don't remember that, but I remember seeing Black Iron Man. Well, that's who that was. Rhodey. Rhodey was Black Iron Man. You know? And that's way back in the day when I yeah, was reading 80s. comics. That was in the 80s, man. In the 80s, yeah. Tony fell off the wagon, became a total drunk, and was, I mean, and not a functional alcoholic. Like, he literally lost Stark International to Obadiah Stane, who is the villain in the first Iron Man, see? So there you go. Even Marvel films, they're picking. They cherry pick all these different characters and stories. But it's cool. Parents. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's like but, James Bond. Yes. Like, I think Idris Elba should be the next James Bond. I know. Everybody's like, no, Why? he needs to be black or he needs to be white. He's a white British see, guy. I, I'm like, I, see, I disagree with that because to me, an established character, established, correct me, hear me out. An established, my issue would be if it was a woman. See, but I, I even so, I don't, I'm not a bit, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a real big fan of race swapping and gender swapping. I never have been. And it has nothing to do with me going, oh, my heroes have to be white. It's the fact that. To me, and again, that's the comic, but you know, you gotta understand though, it, it bothers me on a lo- small level, not a lot. I can get past it, but like, and, and now I guess I don't know what's gonna happen because the dude's got in trouble again. It sounds to me like he's either mentally ill or he's got some who, substance who, abuse problems. Who are we talking about now? Ezra Miller, the guy who plays the Flash. Who's going to be in the Flash movie? He's oh, also- I know. Yeah, they're calling to pull him to put the. Yeah, from the CW show on. And, and and the thing is, this guy is like obviously he needs an intervention of some kind. I think like there's something going on with him. Either he's chemically imbalanced, like he's mentally ill, or he's fucking a drug addict, alcoholic. Somebody needs to do an intervention on this guy because he's like, wow. And right. And, but Barry Allen, the comic books is blonde. Okay, so for me as a which comic leads book guy, to the CW. Um, for me, even Grant Gustin, I like him, but he's got brown hair. I'm like, to me, Barry's a blonde. So, in the back of my everybody mind, everybody in the day was blonde. Um, not really. It was the '60s. No, I disagree. Uh, Hal Jordan wasn't blonde. Uh, Superman's not blonde. Woman, but my point that I'm trying to make is, in the back of my mind, <laughs> Aquaman <new> is. <laughs> yes, he is. But Jason, but again, Jason Momoa is so awesome. It and it makes sense that they. They put blonde streaks, and they did, and they did what they did with him. Him being an Islander guy, I love it. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it can't work, and I'm not even saying like I can't get past it. Like I can get past it, but for me, I have to be honest with you. When you've got a character who's been established for a certain amount of time, and now all of a sudden now he's black, especially a character like James Bond, it's like okay, so is that a reboot? Or is he supposed to be the fucking same guy that Daniel Craig was? Are they starting all? Because I haven't did you seen see movie. did you see the latest movie? I have not. I have not. So I don't know how it ends. I don't know. And please don't spoil anything for me. I'm, uh, okay, I'm not. But gonna... is it? I will ask you this: Is this a def? Is it like a definite ending? Is this like 
the end of this version of James Bond. It, it's a definite ending of this version of James Bond. Okay, so uh, basically they're going to be doing a reboot then. The next Bond film will feature... It could either be a reboot or you'll understand because maybe 007 is just a designator. Okay, fine, but then he's not really James Bond, is he? Well, no, because Sean Connery's James Bond. I mean, you know, because what I'm trying to say, though, is James Bond, you know, is his name. 007 is is designation. And I know there is a character in this movie, because I know Bond retires or whatever, and she's the new 007. Okay, I don't so have you, a problem So you know that. that. Okay, I'm not... Because she's not James Bond. She's not James character. Bond. And if they I'm go okay, that route, I'm okay uh, with it. I'll tell you this. I don't care about race swapping at all. I don't care at all. If they do the character justice, right? I am good. And I'm telling you, Idris Elba. Oh, he's a would great be actor. A great James Bond. He'd make a great 007. You couldn't put uh, you couldn't put Ji Moon Hunzu in that character. No, I don't but think he would I, be as good. I, again. What, to me, James Bond is but unless if you're, you're doing looking a reboot. For white you're, British guys. If you're if you're doing a reboot, maybe. But I don't want. I don't I, want him to reboot it. I want well, him to just kind of continue he, the story. Well, then he's not James Bond, is he? Because his real name is James Bond, right? It's not right. like it's an alias. So you're saying the next James Bond? What you really mean is the next 007. No, but, I mean the next James Bond movie. I would like to be James Bond. Just continue the story. But with a black dude. So all of a sudden he's black and no explanation as to why. He's just a black guy. See, I have a problem with that. There's got to be a reason. You know, he's either a different character or he's a different person with a double seven designation. And again, I have no problem with that. I mean, it would be like to me. Have, it, it'd be well, like, here's my question. But here's my have argument. They, have they exhausted all the Ian Fleming stories? Yes. Oh, yes. A long time ago. Long. Okay, well then. Well, then, then maybe it gets different. And then reboot it and that's fine. Or, or, you know, because technically you've got to agree with you there. you got to understand. I'd have even, a bigger problem with a woman, and I don't care what her nationality is. Daniel, Daniel is. Craig. Daniel Craig. Best James the, Bond ever. I said it. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's the one. That, I said it. It's the one that's closest to the Ian Fleming character. Yep. Um, it's, uh, you know, and, and that was a reboot. Like, they started over from Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah, with, with the Casino Royale, book. the first book. Now, the rest of the movies are not based on any of the Ian Fleming. You know, I always wondered, like, well, are they going to do remakes of the famous? And, and they didn't. They didn't go that route, which I was fine. I thought most, Wait, I lo- I think. Dude, I loved it. Do I, I have to see Dr. No again? No, Do I not have at all. to see Goldfinger again? No. I loved what they did. And, 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 and I love, I love, I mean, I was excited when Daniel Craig um, got that part. I know there was some backlash at the time. Oh my God, a blind guy playing James Bond. And again, I understand if you're a fan of the Ian Fleming character and Bond looks a certain way. And, and I get it to a certain extent because I'm telling you, it, deep in, it's in the recesses. I've gotten older now where I'm like, ah, but when I was younger, I was like, well, why are they getting a fucking brown haired dude to play Barry Allen? Barry Allen's a white guy. Or blonde guy, not white, but he's blonde. I was very like I've gotten over it more, where I can handle it more. But it, it the back of my mind, I don't know. I just feel like when they do it to the certain, and especially now, now they're taking actual historical characters and making them, they're race swapping them, and I do have a problem with that. Like there's an actual Anne Boleyn movie 
that was released in the BBC. And from what I understand, it flopped huge over there. But they're going to have it here on AMC in America where they've got a black woman, a very pretty black woman, playing Anne Boleyn. I do have a problem with that. It's like, okay, so what next? Are we going to get Gwyneth Paltrow to play fucking Harriet Tubman? Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. When it's a historical figure. And we all know. I I agree. And not only that, but here's another thing I want to get off my chest. Not only are they race swapping, but most time when they do race swap somebody, it's a ginger. Like, they're taking these people who are redheads and replacing them with Hispanic or black people. And I'm like, well, what do y'all got against gingers, man? It's kind of make me make me think there's a conspiracy against us redheads. Just throwing that out there. But well, no, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke, obviously. But that's the Irish, and people forget they were slaves too. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> they, I know, and you know. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say, though, with with the Bond thing is, or anything like that, is it's something that, like for instance, I, I would feel just as strongly if somebody got. Um, Shanny Tatum to play Blade. Blade is a black guy. He's always been a black guy. I wouldn't, you know, that's never going to happen. But I'm just saying that's how I would feel about it. It would be like, what the fuck is this? So it's one of those things where I've just kind of been like, okay, fuck, it is what it is. It's almost like, well, to me, it's kind of pandering to people it's like oh well you know we don't have what we gotta have and i and i don't understand that because there are plenty of black and black characters in comic books that they could adapt and do that are great characters so why they constantly have to turn white dudes into black dudes or his i i i mean i'm like but at the same time i'm also like well if they're a good enough actor and like jason momoa he makes a great fucking aquaman i mean i can't see anybody else in that role so it's it's one of those things where as i've gotten older i'm just like ah, it's not that big a deal like you said if they get the character right fine but for them to get that's all i care about the only two ways they're going to be able to do it if he's in fact james bond it's going to have to be a reboot they're going to have to just do another version of bond which again i have no problem with that because let's be honest casino royale that the, the the Daniel Craig Bond is not, and that was one thing that always bugged me about all the other Bond films. It's like, I'm supposed to believe that fucking Pierce Bronson is fucking Sean Connery. I guess it's the same dude. Give me a fucking break, okay? I've, I've always thought that was kind of stupid. Roger Moore was better than Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Uh, well, to me, as far as the way I really Bond like Connery, looks, but, but Connery, Daniel Craig. As far as like the way he's described in the book, Connery's a dead ringer. The only difference is James has a scar, I think, on his left cheek. That's it, dude. Right. Other than that, when you when they describe him, he looks like Connery. Connery was perfect. Well, think um, about it. Connery was so good, they brought another guy in that brought Connery back. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other guy, man, actually just quit. He was he had signed a, a multi picture deal. Yeah, and, I've, I've never seen that film ever. And, and that guy actually is pretty good. They kind of uh, it's a darker film. Like Bond gets married in that film, and his wife gets killed, and she gets killed. Kind of, it's different from in Casino Royale, where you know she drowns herself and and all that, and it's very very emotional, right? Right. Um, they were driving, and these villains just drive. By, they literally do a drive by on James, and they shoot his wife right in the head who was played by the very lovely and beautiful diana rigg of course uh, mrs peel from the avengers yeah and um that guy played bond, he, he, bond girls have always been smoking oh on. yeah um that 
That's our sexist speak. It's the truth, though, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Bond or uh, the guy who played Bond, he was supposed he just like walked away from the business. It was really weird. Like he he did Bond and then was like, I quit. So then our, oh, fuck, well, what are we going to do? Well, maybe we can get Connery back. So they got Connery back for one more. But, yeah. Um, you know. That's funny. We have gone on a Conan tangent. And a Bond tangent. And if you want to edit James, all that out, you can. No, I, I don't want to edit any of that out. Okay. Well, this, why don't we just call the episode um, our review of Spider-Man No Way Home and just a pop culture discussion because that's basically what this turned into. <laughs> yeah, for real. But anyway, oh. back to Spidey. Um, yeah, that moment that you were talking about with Andrew Garfield and and, and him saving uh, MJ Michelle um, was very emotional, and obviously you felt it because the poor guy he lost Gwen and and she died that way. So obviously it was kind of probably cathartic and very emotional for um, that version of Spidey. I don't see how absolutely, it absolutely, and it's. You know, it's funny because you get emotion from Tobey Maguire. I mean, like we were talking earlier before we got all stuck on Conan's dick and James Bond's <laughs> dick. <laughs> right. If you got to get stuck on some dick, though, I mean, those are some good ways to go. <laughs> oh, you crack me up, dude. But, I don't know. It, it's so different. It's so different. I mean, the... The whole bromance between Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, I thought that was great. Oh, I did too. The, the, and you get all that emotion in there. The interacting, the the scene where Ned finds out that Peter, you know, that, that Toby's Peter, oh, my best friend became one of my worst enemies and tried to kill me, which is right out of the comics, I may add. And, and Ned goes, I promise I'll never, like become a villain and try to kill you. And, and, and Tom Holland just looks like, what? You know, it was funny, right. you know. Um, uh, oh, yeah, was, and you got the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. It's and, like, Another yeah. thing I, I do want to point out, I think the fight scenes in this were amazing. Like, the moment Doc Ock appears, and then later, you know, the fight between... And then another thing we, we need to talk about, which was really shocked the shit out of me, the death of Aunt May. I did not see Aunt May's death coming at all. I was like, whoa. And... That was rough. Yeah, and and then of course we all know that the way they wrap everything up, Doctor Strange, you know, Strange has to fix everything, and the only way he can do it is if everybody forgets who Peter is. Like, I don't think right. they forget that Peter Parker exists. It's more of a they forget that he's Spider Man. But then I guess maybe even I mean he still exists, right? I mean he's alive, he's moving around, he's got sure. an apartment, but it's like all his friends don't even remember him, let alone him being Spider Man. They just don't right. remember him. And um, another face in the crowd. Yeah. And that was that was very poignant. And I got to say, I loved his new Spidey costume that he made at the end of the film when he's swinging through the snow in New York. It was a beautiful shot. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, there's a lot. That's more. one thing that all these Spider-Man films have gotten right. Oh, uh, the closing uh, shots of him. Swinging from through my the limited knowledge of the comics, mm -hmm. they'll get that one shot. That you don't even necessarily shot. freeze frame it. It's iconic. It's just iconic. Absolutely. And all three of them have their own way of doing it. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's just, you're like, yeah. I mean, even the limited comic book nerd that I am, if I watch that first Spider Man movie, 
you know, a Tobey Maguire swings up and he hits the fucking Empire State Building, the spire, mm-hmm. and then jumps down, flings his web and his like hands between his legs. His legs are kicked out. The other one's off to the side. Dude, that's classic fucking Spider-Man. Well, and and not only even the final shots, but like one of my favorite scenes from Spider-Man Two is when Peter, when Mary Jane finds out that he's Spider-Man, and he returns her to the authorities and John and everything, and she's looking up and she sees him and he turns around and he looks at her and then he just swings off into the night and it's like, well, back to work, back to being right. Spider-Man. I love that, man, and 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 I love scenes like that with other superhero films when they when they do stuff like that. Like it's like you know because when you're living a life like that, your life isn't really your own, really. I mean, let's be honest, you know, you're 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 torn. You're torn between love and duty, or obligation, or um, you know. And and there's a lot of characters. I mean, to me, honestly, uh, when it comes to most superheroes, I don't really see. Like Batman, for instance, there he can't really have a love life because he is totally dedicated to his war on crime. You know what I mean? Right. And he sacrifices everything for that. That's one thing that I thought the Christian Bale films, um, oh, what's the guy, Christopher Nolan, totally nailed the character. It was like at the very end of Batman Begins where he tries to explain to Rachel, she said something about your mask, and he goes, well, Batman is just a symbol, Rachel. And she goes, no. And she touches his face. This is the mask. The boy right. I knew long ago died when his parents. I'm like, exactly. You know, exactly. To me, Batman is the real person. And Bruce Wayne is the fucking mask, the facade. Where I think in many ways it's the opposite with Spider-Man. Spider-Man is, you know, yes, it's a part of Peter. And he was able to, because in the comic books, Peter was very nerdy when he first started. He even looked like a total dork. And over time... Being Spider-Man brought Peter out of his shell to where, as Peter Parker, he wasn't as shy anymore, and he had more confidence in himself. You see what I'm saying? But to me, Peter Parker is the real personality, not Spider-Man. You know, he's... Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. You know what I'm trying to say? Where with Batman, Batman is the real dude. Like, Bruce died when his parents were killed. Yeah, he was all about vengeance. Right, and... and, um... And 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 be and be. Even though for the most part of his career he <laughs> had rules, kind well, of lost them at the end. But. And well, and also the thing about Batman, as as he understands in the comics, uh, he also realizes over time that he is a symbol for not just vengeance but justice. I mean, at the end of the day, Batman's a dark character, but there's still that hope for a better world, for a better society. That there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. It's not just. For vengeance it starts out that way but it doesn't right. end up that way you know um so but i, I you know oh, by the way uh the batman's coming out on uh, hbo max here pretty soon dude i know and because i'm canceling disney plus i can get it awesome there you mm. go yeah i've got to see that film yeah yeah you do because i really want to hear your thoughts on that movie dude i look I love Batman. Oh, he's my favorite. I DC love character. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said Thor, Thor is my all-time favorite. Thor's awesome too. Marvel I character. Thor. I love Thor. He's great. But Wolverine's a close second. Oh, I love Wolverine, man. I, you know, I'm one of those guys like kind of like I love them all. You know, even the more lamer ones, I'm like because here's the thing, and this is true, dude. My father told me a long time ago. It's not usually bad characters. You might have a character that 
was created badly or developed badly, but if you get a really good creative writer to take over that character, they can do things with that character and make like here's a perfect example. Dude, honestly, when Daredevil first started, he was kinda lame. Stanley and Bill Everett created him, and he was almost like a fucking second rate Spider Man. It wasn't until Frank Miller took over the book and took Daredevil. The Daredevil that you see in the Netflix series, that's really the Frank Miller Daredevil. Fucking hands that's a, down. He that's took a that great character. Series. He took that character. He created Electra. He made Bullseye, who was a pre-established Daredevil villain, into a badass. He took Kingpin, who was a Spider-Man villain, and moved him into the, you know, he, or he became Daredevil's enemy, too, and became, now he's more known as a Daredevil bad guy than a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, but wait, wait, slow down. Mm-hmm. That was an easy move, because, really? Oh, it was a... Spider-Man and uh, Daredevil are the only two that operate in New York City. Yeah, no, dude. The Avengers are established in New York. The Fantastic Four live in New York, but they're the guys that they go after the Thanoses and the Cos and the and the really yeah. Spider Man and Daredevil are street level heroes. So I know what you're trying to say. Like, okay, thank you. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right about that. So that transition for me, it wasn't upsetting at all. It made sense. I'm like, oh, and he's still Spidey's enemy. Like, Kingpin hates Spider Man. He just hates Daredevil even more. Like, with, it got personal. With Daredevil. Dude, that Daredevil series was so good. Yeah, and now it's back on, you know, it's on Disney Plus now. All those Netflix yeah. shows are on uh, it. I know it. Thank God I own Punisher. Can we talk about John Thornhall or whatever his fucking name is as the Punisher? Oh, John Barenthal. Great Barenthal. Punisher. Oh, did you oh buy that God. series? You own it? Dude, oh yeah, I got the Punisher. Cool. <laughs> Dude. I love when that he series. showed up in that season of Daredevil because yes. I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I love Daredevil, yeah, great character. I uh, I was actually mad that people hated the Ben Affleck movie so much. I didn't. I don't see where that, especially if you watch the director's the director's cuts, even better than the theatrical version. But I didn't I see where that the movie was that bad. Was good. I, I thought did it was too. Good. I thought it was decent, man. I don't know why that movie gets as much hate as it does. Is it as good as the Daredevil series? No. But again, there you go. You can do a lot more with a series, especially a streaming series, sure. where you don't have to worry about fucking networks and oh, we can't show this, we can't show that, or do you have a lot more character development? Do you think that Daredevil performance influenced why people say, "Oh, fuck Ben Affleck as Batman," even though he's the best Batman? Only uh, because I haven't seen this new movie yet. But so you know what? Up. What's what's really fair? What's okay? I'm going to tell you this. I wouldn't say that Pattinson's Batman's better than Ben Affleck, but he does a good job. It's a it's again, it's it's kind of weird because this director he he he's wanting to do a more grounded take on Batman, um, and I don't I I have mixed feelings about that because that's one of the things I did love about Zack Snyder's Batman is it's like oh we're gonna get more of the comic book Batman. Don't get me wrong, I love Christopher Nolan's movies, especially the first two. I thought Dark Knight was good, but not at or Dark Knight Rises was Rising. good, but not as as good as the first two. But with that being said, Nolan did a very what you would call a grounded, realistic take on Batman. Yes, and I don't very know much if you so. know this, but originally at least Warner Brothers for a while there was kind of toying with the idea of using that Batman as a springboard to do a quote unquote DC cinematic universe. But Nolan shot that down. He's like, no, this is my last film. I'm not going to do anymore. And Bale was like, well, I'm not doing any Batman without him. So that kind of nipped 
all so then they were like well fuck man so they they did man of steel and then that's when they decided well we're going to do a batman superman movie we're going to use that as a screen for it and i think it would have worked if they hadn't have cut like 30 minutes out of Zack snyder's film if you watch the ultimate edition compared to the theatrical edition that's when I. That's why I get mad at work. Yeah, that's the one they I have. They shoot themselves in the foot, and then it was like because the film, even though it made like nine hundred million worldwide, it wasn't a billion. Well, that's a failure. So we're gonna blame Zack Snyder. No, motherfuckers, you need to look in the mirror because if you hadn't oh, cut the his four-hour cut, what an amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the Justice oh. League is beautiful. His version of it is. But I'm I talking, mean, I like Justice League anyway. I, I the it, movie. It was okay. It was all right. It wasn't as good as. It, it wasn't as. But. I sat there for four hours. I know, dude. It never was, bored. It was amazing. It was amazing. But but to get back to Batman v Superman, the theatrical version, it's choppy because they cut out so many pivotal plot points from the film. Like shit that, right. like when I, I liked it, I thought beautifully it was a stunning film, but I'm like, man, this movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, how did he not know that bomb was there? And and how did, you know, and, and then he just fucking flies away like he doesn't care. And that's not super. But then when you watch the other version, you're like, oh, the wheelchair was lined with lead. Of course that makes sense. The fact right. that, you know, he, he is helping people and doing his Superman. Thing, like, it pisses me off because I think just because that movie was a half an hour longer, if you're going to have a cinematic universe, because that's what pisses me off about Warner Brothers, it was greed and impatience is what got them where they're at now. If they had just let Zack make that movie the way he wanted to, if they had just released, if the if the ultimate edition had been the theatrical version, I think oh. that movie breaks a billion, no problem, and we're not yep. even having this conversation. Exactly. You know. Now, exactly. with that being said, in some ways, I don't know if his version of Justice League would have been as good, because let's be honest... He did add a few things on this, and I don't know if you know this, but originally when they were going to release on HBO Max, they were going to do it in episodes. It was going to be a miniseries. Oh, and wow. Toby Emmerich, the prick who fucking removed Snyder from the project, the prick who has done everything in his power to make sure that this movie didn't even see the light of day, because it's going to make him look like a fucking moron, and I hope to God Discovery shit cans him because he's a fucking idiot. Um, when it comes to DC... <laughs> He um he he's the one that because they they had another guy running HBO Max and then that dude moved on or he got a I don't know what happened and then Emmerich took over that and he was the one that's like no we're just gonna put it out as a four hour movie and a lot of people think he was doing that so the movie wouldn't be as successful because if it had been a miniseries um, it'd probably be even bigger than it already is but it was one of those things yeah and that four hour movie was pretty successful but it was very successful it's been incredibly successful man and it's like. So now I mean, a lot of people are thinking... This hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Right, and not only that, they're wanting to see the air cut, which, by the way, of Suicide Squad, which is a, supposedly a different movie, just like Justice League, man. They went in and changed a bunch of shit and cut it to pieces. Like They say the air cut is almost like a different movie uh, of Suicide Squad, and I'm like... I, and, and it's in a can. Like You don't even have to do any special effects shots. It's done. The whole movie is done, dude. And he's all like... Well, why don't you put that out on HBO Max? Because people want to see it. I would like to see it. I'm curious because I wasn't that thrilled with Suicide Squad. It was okay, but it wasn't that great, you know? And the second one was even worse. Oh, you watched it? The, the Suicide Squad? With, uh, no, I haven't seen that. I'm talking about that Birds of Prey shit. Oh, yeah, that was awful. 
That was awful. No, The Suicide Squad's done by the guy that did the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's actually pretty cool. But it's not a reboot. It's just kind of a continuation. They just kind of take those characters and add some new ones. But it was really... I liked it. I liked it. I liked it better than... You know how James Gunn is. He's able to be like he is with the Marvel movies, but more adult and even a sicker sense of humor. <laughs> so uh-huh. you need to check it out. When you get HBO Max, you should watch it. And you should watch The Peacemaker Show. Even though he does look like a fucking idiot. Trust oh, me. It's hilarious, dude. Worst but it's outfit not all ever. Yeah, Peacemaker's outfit is kind of weird looking. It, you know, it, it, even in the comics, I'm like, man, he's kind of weird looking. But, but you know, it <laughs> is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Hey. Go check out Spider-Man No Way Home if you yes, haven't already. For sure. And I'm sure most of you already have. Oh, you've definitely um, seen it. We've been talking yeah, comic I, nerd shit for the last half hour. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, we may as well just call Spider-Man No Way Home and fucking geek shit or comic nerd shit. That's what the name oh, of the episode yeah. should be. Right. But I, I do, yeah, I de- and I definitely, any of you out there who hasn't seen The Batman, when you get an opportunity, whether you can go to the theater... HBO, by all means, watch it. It is a great movie. With that being said, though, I do want the Ben Affleck Batman, too. I want to see that because, to me, especially since DC is going to go the multiverse route anyway, just like in the comics, there is no reason why we cannot have both. There is no reason why we... You know, it's just fucking... It's just stupid that, you know, you have certain people that... But, yeah. um, Yeah, and if you ever want to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, I am totally down for that. That was a fucking great movie. Oh, it was amazing. Metal Mike, do you have anything to promote this week? You know, that's a good question, man. Um, Actually, I think I do. I think I do. Um, There's a band that I'm going to be interviewing this Sunday, and I'm hoping I can have it done and aired on not this Friday, but next Friday. Um, The um, It's basically, um, the band is called Becoming. This latest album, which came out, I believe, right in the smack mad, or 2020, so right around the pandemic, um, uh, the album is called In the Name of God. Uh, They're kind of, like, it's kind of interesting, it's kind of hard to classify them, because there's some definite groove metal, and there's some death metal elements, and thrash metal elements, I mean, um, I, I definitely think that Pantera was an influence, I would be really fucking shocked if there wasn't. Um, you know, something to all of this. <laughs> and um, it's pretty much him. Um, there is some guest performances on this album. He is a multi-instrumentalist. His name is Jason Hard- Harduin. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. I will find out Sunday what how he actually pronounces it. And he does vocals, rhythm guitars, lead guitars, bass, drums, synths, and samples. Um, you, you got Season for Sus on Drums, For the Storm, In the Name of God, Through the Now, and How We Live. And so there's certain songs he's got guest musicians and guest performances. But it's really cool, man. He seems like a really cool guy. He reached out to me and uh, sent me his music. It was kind enough to actually send me a physical copy of his CD, so I appreciate that, Jason. And uh, awesome. I definitely think he got. he is an independent. He is not a label. He does everything himself. It's all DIY. And, uh, yeah, man, so I, I really want to, you know, and if we ever do another New Blood episode, um, I would like to maybe feature them on there or at least play my interview with them or maybe have him back on for us to interview. If, if Hell, yeah, would be absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, that's, that's it, man. Awesome. That's, that's my Check blog out. of the week. Check out Becoming. 
And you said plug of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going old school and not the direction people would think. But man, that Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man, I love old school music. I've had the time of my life. That's that's half the Righteous Brothers, for Christ's sakes. Be my, be my little baby. I love 60s music. She's like the wind, of course. You know, Patrick Swayze, Hungry Eyes. Great, great soundtrack. In the still of the night. I mean, come on. In the still of the night. <laughs> it's great stuff. So that is a back, beautiful man. song. I've Check always out that old fifties and sixties stuff. I love the old fifties and sixties stuff. And what's kind of interesting is people always want to act like metal is the only band that or brand of music that like diversified and you had all these like sub. Man, that's always been the case. I mean, if you look at rock and roll, you had rockabilly, you had doo wop, you had you know, and all that was from rock and roll, which rock and roll, of course, was from country and bluegrass and jazz and blues. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. love that. You know, like. Like you just mentioned in the still of the night, that style of of, of rock and roll, oh, it's more like very doo wop, very uh, you know Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. I love that. Yeah, shit. I like Frankie that. Valley and the Four Seasons. Yes, I love oh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. So again, you know, I I love a lot of you know. I know I'm metal Mike, and yes, I love the metal, and it will always be my first love. But um, and and you know what's funny is. I'm going to give a shout out. I don't know whatever happened to her, but my old music appreciation teacher, Miss Miller, man, when I was in middle school or otherwise known as junior high, we had music appreciation for both seventh and eighth grade. And it was really cool, Bush, because that was the class where I learned to appreciate all kinds of music. I That's the class that we, we went from the beginning of recorded history to what was then contemporary times, which of course was the 1980s. So we went to like, like we covered the classical music, you know, um, Mozart, Beethoven, Wagner. Uh, Man, that's awesome. Bach. We covered bluegrass. We covered country. We covered fucking, you know, I mean, even Depression era music. We we covered rock and roll. We did a whole thing on Elvis and the Beatles and the Stones. Like they would take like a certain like few weeks to do. Like it was amazing, man. I got to discover. And I would never like, but man, when I was a little kid, I thought Elvis was a fucking joke, man. I was like, he's this fat fuck that does karate on said, Fuck that guy. And my dad be like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. When I took oh, music appreciation and I saw the real Elvis, I was like, holy fuck, this guy was awesome. So I, I really don't call him. Yeah. And I really think, you know, Chuck Berry, that's how where I really I mean, I my mom and dad liked those bands and I knew a little bit about them. But that was where I when it came to rock and roll like 50s even the swing music you know glenn miller um who were the sisters that, that used to sing together um the mcguire sisters or something like Maguire's that or something like that yeah, yeah i mean all that stuff i learned from music appreciation if it wasn't boogie, if it was boys a company b yeah I, all that <laughs> you know if it, if it hadn't been for uh, dean martin and frank's all if it hadn't been for music appreciation i wouldn't know probably any of that stuff i'd be this narrow-minded fucking metal elitist prick probably i'm just being honest well you know? i'm here to tell you man in seventh grade my music class because in new york you took music for half a year art for half a year mm -hmm. and phys ed all we took, year 
we took music for the whole year at my school and i'm very glad for it because i learned a, i learned a lot bushy like it made me realize you know what the excellence of a black sabbath and the excellence of a fucking beethoven is is fucking awesome like it and also i could hear and that was another thing because of the blues because of classical music i'm like oh i hear this in the music i listen oh, to yeah. it made me real it, it, it was like for the first time in my life i connected the dots you know oh yeah and it, and it made me realize even kirk oh, hammett plays in the blues Pentagon. sure well he's he's very he's very he loves the blues like loves him like if it? you watch that metal minor, that's what he plays in yeah yeah, and if you watch that Metal Evolution um, series that Sam Dunn and Scott McFadden did, which they have a great YouTube channel called Boehner TV. I highly recommend it, man. It's really cool stuff. It's got a lot of cool interviews. Also has a lot of cool old school interviews with like Dio and, and, and it, interviews that he did for a lot of his documentaries, but unedited. Like it's the whole interview. Really, really nice. good stuff. Uh, so I'll give him, give him and his work a plug as well. But uh, there's a part where he talks to Kirk, and it was really cool because he had the guitar player for Howlin' Wolf on there, and he just does this riff, man. And then he looks at the camera and goes, that's how it's done, man. And he talks about <laughs> Howlin' Wolf and how Howlin' couldn't read music, but he was like, oh, man, he was very musical, and he the way he would structure a song and – and he'd always tell me, you got to believe in what you're doing if you're going to do it, you know, which I'm like, that's fucking Hell yeah. And it was so cool because that was the pre-metal episode where Sam shows the roots to metal. And he, so he talks to her, well, how are they ba or alike? He goes, well, for one thing, right off the bat, they're very, they're very riff based. It's all about yes. the riff. You know, and, and it's so true. And, um, yeah, so because of music appreciation, well, it's I have funny. to thank, give Miss Miller thank, a shout-out. I don't even know if she's with us oh, any longer or not, but Miss Miller, thank you, man. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Mr. Zare, who was also my soccer coach in ninth grade. Uh, because seventh grade music class was history of rock and roll. Oh, wow. And he took us all the way from, you know, Rock Around the Clock, which was the first featured guitar solo ever, mm -hmm. all the way up to, you know, we had people lip syncing Debbie Gibson. It was the 80s, man. Get off me. But, but, but again, that's still cool. It's like, it's like, like I said, man, what I loved about my class is it was a two year course, man. And we started from seventh grade. We started from the beginning of recorded history. And went all the way to what was then contemporary times, which was 84, yeah, 85. I mean, dude. So we covered rock and roll extensively. We covered Bill Haley. She even introduced me to Rocket 88 with Ike Turner, man, which is like considered nice. the first track to ever use actual distortion because a fucking hole got punched into the cone of the speaker and they put newspaper in there to fuck it. And it gave it that fucking... Uh, you know, and yeah. I'm like, that's so fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, for for real, dude. You know, like, it, I sometimes we just I love music. Yes. It's okay to say that right. we love music. And 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 and, and it, it, I so I have to credit her for that because, you know, I've always talked about that class and how it opened my eyes. But yes, Miss Miller, you opened my eyes to a lot of cool music that I might not have really paid much attention to. I mean, that's where I fell in love with Beethoven and Mozart and all that stuff too. And heard the metal. Like, I'm like, Oh shit, I can hear 
the I can hear even in opera. I mean, it, it's kind of you know, I'm like, oh, they seen in Italian. I don't really understand what they're saying, but when oh, I hear the voice, I, I love opera. But when I hear the voice, I go, holy shit, that sounds like Rob Halford. That sounds like Bruce Dickinson. Rob Halford, Jeff Tate. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> yes, Freddie Mercury. You know, like I'm going, holy For shit, for real. Yeah, so so you know, um, and we got a lot of female vocalists that are or are, are, could be modern day. Um, opera singers you know um so, oh they're amazing so there you go man uh, i think that's a good way to finish off man i think you're right metal mike final thoughts same as always man you motherfuckers out there you keep fighting the good fight and stay metal no matter what to your dying breath sweet um i don't know if enough's enough killed metal <laughs> i don't know if it was nirvana but if you like both those bands, you keep rocking that shit. Bye, Vinyl. See you next time. <laughs> hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when, when suddenly, suddenly we're, we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Because now it's time to go. But hey, I say... Well, that's okay, cause we'll see you very soon, I know, very soon I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week.